0: welcome to couch buddies i'm kia and i'm michelle and we're continuing our alfred hitchcock coverage with
1: rebecca rebecca's 1940 film stars laurence olivier joan fontaine george sanders judith anderson nigel bruce Mm -hmm. Uh, it was obviously directed by alfred hitchcock uh, it was written by Robert E. Sherwood, who also wrote The Bishop's Wife. Mm-hmm. Joan Harrison, who we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the adaptation was by Philip MacDonald, who also wrote Bella Lugosi's The Body Snatchers. Ooh, okay. Uh, and Michael Hogan, who wrote King Solomon's Minds, which was kind of a B B B-thriller.
2: Mm, yeah, from, it's one I've heard from of. From the before
1: times. <laughs> like yeah. from like the 30s. Uh, it was based on the Daphne du Maurier novel. Uh, it has an IMDb score of 8.1 out of 10. Hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Noise. Uh, I looked up like I like I'm trying to mm-hmm. do with all of these. I looked up the old ones. The Hollywood Reporter liked it, but thought it was a bit long. Agreed. And the New York Daily <laughs> Times just loved it. Like, just yeah, just loved it.
0: There are definitely and and I know this is you know chalk this up to me being a modern viewer, like watching mm-hmm. an old movie. There were definitely some scenes that I'm like, we we could pick this up. Yes. And there were definitely... It was just, you know, just, like, long establishing shots. The, and I told like, my
1: husband, the first hour and a half of this movie takes a really long time. Yes. And then the last, like, 40 minutes just feels like you blinked.
0: It's... Yeah. Last 40 minutes of this movie, it's, like, fucking breakneck speed. Yeah.
1: yeah. So... So yeah, that was that was probably, the, that's like the only like minor complaint I have about mm-hmm. this movie, I think. There, there were definitely like sections of the movie that I watched at
0: one and a half speed of like, <laughs> you know, and because I've seen this movie before. Yeah. It was just like, okay, I am I know what happens here. She's going to just kind of, she leaves breakfast. She's going to wander into some rooms. One and a half. Yeah. And
1: because some of that stuff, it's just. Some of that could have been truncated a little. I think yeah. some of the, even the romance in, uh. Monte Carlo, because like there's so many times of her just standing there looking awkward that could be like trimmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get why it's there, especially in the house, it's there for our discomfort. hmm But it could have it could've just been just trimmed yeah. a little. And anyway, you were gonna do something. Yeah, the
0: uh the brief synopsis is a self conscious woman juggles adjusting to her new role as an aristocrat's wife and avoiding being intimidated by his first wife's spectral presence.
1: Yeah yeah but no it's more like a, a spectral presence but the and there's been three film versions of this I yes think. so the most recent one we won't discuss well but. okay there was
0: it's there was there's this film adaptation and then there's been two like mini series adaptations because yes. the one with um uh because there was a bbc one i can't remember All who right. played danvers but in that one charles dance was Maxim, and Amelia Fox was our narrator,
1: and that's one of the more recent, yeah, that one was, was done a little while ago because but Amelia Fox is in it, so it's more recent than yes, Amelia Fox is in it, but it's it's one of those
0: things of like I know like amelia fox like I know she's older than she looks. Yeah. and charles dance i'm like i know he's not as old as he looks because like charles dance has looked 80 for about the past 20 years like he really has yeah and cause like and with like amelia fox like i said i know she's a lot older than she actually looks yeah but um but yeah then the mo- the, the most recent adaptation was from netflix last year was the 2017 with,
1: movie yeah yeah with
0: uh with, with
1: Army Hammer and, and Lily
0: James, James. and Chris like, and like, oh. Scott Thomas. I will say, I'm like, if like doing a remake, I'm like, having the like having to recast Danvers, Chris and Scott Thomas is a damn good choice. The woman is always terrifying. And, I don't care what the role is, <laughs> she is always terrifying.
1: I mean, and the actors in this movie, we talked about Joan Fontaine last week, yeah, last week, but Laurence Olivier is. I mean, there's an award named after him, so <laughs> yes. let's let's just like he is Lawrence Olivier. You don't. He's one of the actors. Yes, <laughs> like, like he and
0: it. You know, and thinking about it, like in terms of because I realize it's like I just I don't think I've really seen a ton of Olivier movies. I've seen a few other because. You know, just like, the man had a hard-on for Shakespeare. Yeah, Henry V. Understandable. But he, you know, Henry V, he did Othello, he did Richard III, you know. I watched, God, what's the name of the movie?
1: It's him and Marilyn Monroe um
0: oh jesus christ yeah
1: because it it's it, the whole set it's the whole it's the setting for my my, week my week with maryland, maryland yeah but i've actually seen the movie yeah like, so I with have it. i it's just it's, it's been, been a forever. long yeah. ass time yeah so like, the, the, like i've seen a lot of like his like i've seen several a couple of his shakespeare things but i mean he's he yeah is, like when you think of laurence olivier you're like oh this is a serious actor <laughs> yeah and then you had like george sanders who's in a ton of stuff. oh my but okay the, i forgot who he was okay and the moment his, he opened his mouth i went yes. oh my God, it's Shere Khan.
0: Yes, because I I have loved George Sanders like all my life. Because partly because of Shere Khan in you know the original Disney uh adaptation of the jungle book. Yeah. Um but also because you know he's in he's in All About Eve. Yes. He he has a part in that. Um and then but the thing that I, like, grew up with the most, he's in a movie called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, which is Gene oh, yeah, Tierney yeah, yeah. and Rex Harrison. Yeah. And and he plays, like, because cause she's trying to be a writer, and he kind of runs into her, like, a publisher's office, and and she, you know, he kind of introduces himself or whatever. And you come to find out he's a children's author, and he doesn't particularly like children. I believe it. He probably eats <laughs> them for breakfast. And so he, you know... And it's just, he just has, he just oozes smarm. Yeah. And, you know, just this aristocratic smarm. And, like, like with that voice, I was like, he would, like he was like a Cumberbatch prototype, yeah. like with that voice, well, just absolutely deliciously
1: evil sounding. Yes. Like he opens his mouth in this movie and you're like, this dude needs to be punched in the face. Like, like he is, and yeah, he is here to seduce her and we are not having it.
0: And <laughs> yeah. And you know, from, from what I gather is like, you know, he did kind of get like typecast in like yeah. villainous parts. But he and like sometimes it wasn't like necessarily just straight up villain it's just like you know the guy you see across the room at a party and you're like, "Ugh that guy um but yeah he but, he did play a lot of he did play a yeah. lot of villainous oh, yeah. roles, however there is and and Hitchcock used him on several occasions, and he has
1: this like velvety voice yes,
0: and he um but yeah he there's there's one Hitchcock movie where he plays where he plays the protagonist. He's the good guy in the movie. And I'm like, I was unaware of this. I must find this movie.
1: Um, But yeah, well, my brain, because like, I grew up on the jungle book more than, more than those type of movies. And so like he opens his mouth and my, my brain just hard flashes to like a tiger in the jungle Prowling for his oh, prey. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and he is a tiger in the jungle prowling for his prey yeah. in part of this movie. So when he's introduced in this movie. But yeah, and then then of course you have Judith Anderson who is phenomenally <laughs> creepy as Miss Danders. <laughs>
0: I was so the trivia. The moment
1: though he called her Danny, my oh, yeah. brain like almost shuts down because I'd I, about It's that part. one
0: of my favorite things like, in the it's movie. It's
1: such a little thing. Yeah.
0: The but fact like, that he and
1: that he and Rebecca called her, called, called her Dandy Danvers, yeah. Danny called her Danny. Just, my brain is like, do not compute, do not want, reject. <laughs> I,
0: I just I mean, the the, the actress I can't remember her name who plays Ms. Danvers, Judith Anderson. Judith Anderson, yeah. Um, some of the stuff that like I was reading like in the trivia was that you know like Hitchcock's instructions of like she should blink as little as possible, and and then. The fact that, that it should seem like she glides rather than walks. And there are definitely a couple of moments where that is apparent. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, it just
1: adds to the creep factor. She is so good in this as creepy. Like, yeah, it's just, it, she's terrifying and horrible in this. And it's just, it's one of those like, oh my gosh. Well, and
0: I don't, uh, okay. I can't remember I know one of the English courses, like one of the literary courses in college, like we, that Rebecca was a topic in the class. I just don't. It wasn't one with me. I don't was... think. Because I've had my copy.
1: <laughs> I read it in high school. So yeah. I don't remember having to read it for college. Hmm. So it probably was remember. a different class. But yeah.
0: They're... But yeah, it's, it's such... And once again, the
1: movie doesn't end the same way as the novel completely
0: right I because mean, there, they can't because the Hayes code yes there is there's a slight difference but i really not a lot changes
1: yeah. um just the fact that he didn't actually yeah it's commit be- the murder. because
0: you know listen to our primer on the haze code yeah. to, you know why he couldn't have why it couldn't have happened the way it happened in the book but for the most part the rest of it is a really faithful adaptation yeah um re- reading reading up about the making of this movie one of <laughs> Some of my favorite, most one of my favorite things was that you know Hitchcock, as we had talked about in earlier episodes, Hitchcock had a practice of editing in camera so that he knew the exact movie that he was making, like with which shots and you know like yep. he had the movie all laid out in his head, and so this is the movie he's going to make. However, he was working with David O. Selznick
1: on this movie, who considered himself an auteur. Yes, he he was the one who made the movie, not the director.
0: Yes, and so like so, there was a lot of back and forth with with Hitchcock and O'Selznick. And one of my favorite things was that (laughs) O'Selznick wanted, like at the end of the movie, you know, like in you know when the house is burning and and all of this, like to see like a faint R in the smoke or whatever. And Hitchcock thought it was the most unsubtle, dumbest fucking thing he'd ever heard. But he he acquiesced a bit with the like final shot yeah. that we get instead. I was just like but and the thing is is that because of when they were making this movie um so they start you know they were making it in the forties and or making it actually like in in, the late 30s yeah yeah. in like they started making like in 1939 it came out in 1940 david oselsnick was so busy trying to finish up gone Gone with with the the wind wind, that's
1: what oselsnick was really known for well because he
0: was and the thing is he was actually bouncing back and forth between this and wizard of oz yeah so or not this but like he was bouncing back and forth between gone with the wind and wizard of Oz, oz and he's like he ended up like focusing so much of his time. On Gone with the Wind because of you know the huge epic that it was. Yeah. Wizard of Oz just kind of had to like, okay, fuck it. Like we're moving on without him. And and then and and then like with this in the works too, and and it was just a lot. And and because this movie, like the filming was going to start just as they were wrapping up uh Gone with the Wind. Lawrence Olivier was lobbying very hard to get his then girlfriend, soon to be wife Vivian, Vivian Lee, Lee yep. cast in the role
1: of the second Mrs. De Winter. But I love Vivian Lee after with gone with the wind being like the thing she did just prior to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well no. that would have played in that time period, especially because people, a lot of times in the forties and stuff, they got typecast and yes. Vivian Lee as Scarlett O'Hara is one of the most bombastic, independent, stead- like, independent women ever in, in <laughs> cinema. And yes. for her to go from that to playing kind of a, a mousy, shy, quiet, mm-hmm. awkward girl, mm-hmm. which Joan Fontaine literally plays again a year later in Suspicion. Yes. Like, well, and... she's a little bit better in this movie. Like, not better. She gets a little bit more of a backbone in this movie <laughs> a little than she bit. gets in Suspicion. A little bit. The... But it's kind of the, the same thing. Like, once she knows her man loves her, she's good. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, she's got her confidence. She's fine. The, the
0: you know, the other thing is that once they, like, well, okay, like, we can't get Vivian on the project. They wanted to get Olivia de Havilland, who was Joan Fontaine's sister. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, Olivia de Havilland, I could see. Yes, absolutely. I was like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, man.
1: That would have been awkward, though. <laughs> like. Possibly. For them both to have been like. Yeah, that would have been I I really think Joe Ponte does great. Oh I I think I think she does a great job too.
0: but the thing is is that it was just sort of a risk, like with her being a relative unknown because most of most of her work up to that point was like uncredited or, you know, cigarette girl number three kind of stuff. Yeah. And and so this was sort of the thing that kind of propelled her a little bit.
1: Between this and suspicion, she kind of got this Mm -hmm. like she was, yeah, like, th- those she, gave her like pretty good like foundations, if you will. Yes, it did. Um,
0: some of the, um, a couple of the changes with the movie that like I wanted to bring up was that one, and I think this would have played a little bit better, um, in the in the movie had they not changed it. But the fact that Danvers in the book was actually. A family maid in Rebecca's household. Yeah, that when when she was growing up. In this, she comes to Manderley when Rebecca's a bride. It doesn't. I mean, yes, she came to Manderley when Rebecca was a bride. I mean, it's, but it's never. You can take
1: the implication. You can take the implication that she
0: came with Rebecca, but it it just seems to make it like, oh yeah, like that's that's when they first met, and so her rampant obsession with Rebecca now like doesn't make as much sense as it does when she like, yeah Rebecca, like she if Rebecca she if up, she was yeah. there when we're when Rebecca was growing up and um and but you know she Danvers still like in the book is just unnaturally obsessed yeah with preserving Rebecca's memory um and we this is a thing like we don't find out like until we get it from Max at the very end of the movie and it's still kind of oblique the way that they go about it but in the book you find out um through dialogue um that it's revealed that rebecca was a bit of a psychopath and in yeah. like in the book and like she you know she like habitually lied like all of her charm, it was superficial. She was an expert at manipulation and she just had absolutely no conscience or
1: remorse. Which, which Max tells us. Which Max bit, tells yeah. us.
0: And, um, and, you know, but then apparently, like, she was also sadistic because in the book, Danvers tells a story about when Rebecca was a teenager, like, she whipped a horse until it bled. Yeah.
1: And, um, I, I could see that with yeah, Rebecca even in the movie. Yeah. yeah
0: and then, um, the the you know the other difference is that max does like he shoots he just be straight up like shoots rebecca in the heart and kills her in the book not the way it happens in the movie it just sort of happens to be an accident and she was
1: now i think he would have killed her absolutely absolutely. and she was driving for it which is Um, kind of the whole point
0: and um and and that you know yeah he was he was in a rage like when he shot her um And that the other thing in the book is that because, like, we have to make it, like, in the book, there can be absolutely no doubt whatsoever. We're told in the movie, you know, that Rebecca, the reason she came to London was to see a doctor um, thinking that she was pregnant. Turns out she had a very advanced, inoperable form of cancer, and she was only going to be, like, alive for a few more months um but in the book the doctor points out i'm like because we can leave no doubt whatsoever the doctor like in the book the doctor points out of like oh no 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 no, she had a malformed uterus there was no possibility of her being pregnant ever i'm like okay so we're like just to completely clear that up okay thanks no baby (laughs) yeah it's like no it was cancer um but you know so with this information of like there was absolutely no way she could have ever been pregnant it was cancer you know that's when like max realizes that rebecca like goaded him into killing her which was what she wanted and you know and that apparently after one of the in one of the um uh the inquiries danvers like made a point that rebecca had only one fear and that was dying a lingering death and so that's why she goaded max into killing her um and then the the kind of the other the other like little thing is that in kind of the way you know like max kind of briefly describes it and then like favel which is george sanders character brings it up later that you know basically like rebecca she slept with anything with a penis and um (laughs) and you know like kind of worked her way through you know some of the staff and yeah and various things but apparently in the book and i'd forgotten this was that um max's brother-in-law was one of her victims (laughs) like she slept with max's brother-in-law uh giles played by nigel Bruce. bruce yeah um but the uh um one thing like I was this is just a completely like random bit of nonsense but one of the things that is just so iconic about the book is just that opening line of you yep. know last night I dreamt I dreamt I went to Manderley again and I had watched an episode of QI what this is from several years ago but they somehow, like, they, the, the topic of conversation in the episode was they were talking about the book, like, Moby Dick. And they brought up the, the random trivia that apparently, like, Call Me Ishmael is considered one of the greatest literary opening sentences of all time, followed immediately by... You know, uh, I dr- or last night I dreamt I went to Manderley again, as well as it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, all bangers. <laughs> I'm like, I hate Moby Dick with a passion, but call me Ishmael, it's a banger of an
1: opening. <laughs> yeah. The other thing we have to mention when we talk about this movie is the fact that the protagonist never has a name. Yes. Yes. In the yes. book or in the film, she's never given a name. She's she Mrs. De Winter. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, we yeah, never have she, a first name. So you and I, as we're talking about her, are going to say she a lot. <laughs> she, yeah. And
0: I, in my notes, I, and because this is kind of a hangover from the book, I just refer to ha- her as the narrator. Yeah. So if I say the narrator, that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about our protagonist. Yeah. Um because yeah because the the entire you know the entire book is from her Her perspective perspective. it's all in like first person perspective from her point of view and and so at times you know she's only referred to as you know some people call her the second mrs de winter yeah um she is you know just mrs de winter to some people max only ever calls her you know my wife my dear darling darling so forth and so on And
1: mrs uh, van
0: hopper calls her child yes And the in, I would like in the book, the only thing, the only allusion to her name is that she's announced at a party. And she, there's something about like her name being like, oh, you know, they actually spelled my name correctly or they pronounced my name correctly. So basically, like every, you know, just, you know, literary academics. (laughs) like uh, have like come to the agreement of like okay so either her name is like it's strangely spelled or like it's you know it's an uncommon name or it's perhaps a name foreign to you know england yeah you know like it's a quote-unquote exotic kind of name and i was like i just i still want to know more (laughs) and i'm like I was like, this book has been out since 1938. I'm like, surely, (laughs) surely we've come to some other conclusion. But, um, but yeah, it. I will say, because you know the the movie opens with you know that the classic kind of you know the the, opening monologue the, the 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 opening monologue of the book. And I've I've got the important pit the important bits. I can't talk today. I've got the the important bits. I. We'll say like I take slight issue with Joan Fontaine's delivery of certain things. Cause sometimes like some things are just so overly exaggerated and other times it's like she's talking in monotone. Yeah. Cause it's just like and just it's at times like the way that she's kind of reading this monologue is just like last night i dreamt i went to manderley again like it's just it
1: sounded like dreamy to me like she's like kind of but manderley.
0: even like the way that, yeah, yeah.
1: It, i i was just using that but line yeah, as an but, example yeah,
0: like, it just weird inflections almost like, and, it's almost
1: like she's in a like a fugue state or in a dazed state and so most of it stays monotone except for the stuff that needs to be.
0: Yeah. It, but yeah. even again, it's just like she's putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable at certain she times. She was new. I know. It was just like I was, you know, I yeah. I was like drinking my coffee and like watching in the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, okay, who emphasizes that part of the word? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we have the opening of last night I dreamt I went to Manderley again. It seemed to me I stood by the iron gate leading to the drive and for a while could not enter for the way was barred to me. Then, like all dreamers, I was possessed of a sudden uh, I was possessed of sudden supernatural powers and passed like a spirit through the barrier before me. The drive wound away in front of me, twisting and turning as it had always done. But as I advanced, I was aware that a change had come upon it. Nature had come into her own again, and little by little had encroached upon the drive with long, tenacious fingers. On and on wound the poor thread that had once been our drive, and finally there was Manderley, secretive and silent. Time could not mar the perfect symmetry of those walls. Moonlight can play odd tricks upon the fancy, and suddenly it seemed to me that light came from the the windows— and then a cloud came upon the moon and hovered an instant like a dark hand before a face. The illusion went with it. I stood upon a desolate shell with no whisper of the past about its staring walls. We can never go back to Manderley again. That much is certain. But sometimes in my dreams, I do go back to the strange days of my life, which began for me in the
1: south of France. So. And, and like the scores go in there and mm-hmm. it's it- It is like miniature photography there. Yeah, it's miniature. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that was that was another thing of. Oh, Selznick was just like, no, this is going to look like shit. You absolutely, I loved it. You absolutely can't do it, and so Hitchcock had to like set up a whole thing to prove to him of like, no, dumbass, it's going to look okay. It looks great. (laughs) Yeah, it looks
1: great. Like I I can tell it's miniatures, but that's only because like. I am fairly familiar They're, with miniatures. like it. It like, yeah. it looks
0: great. It like looks there, great. there's one shot where the camera kind of turns and like to pan away. Yeah, and in that moment, you're like, oh yeah, no, that's definitely a miniature. Yeah, but until that point, it looks
1: and it it looks even fantastic. then, I think yeah. it's fine because it's like we're in a dream world, so it's yeah. fine that it's not quite um, real.
0: Yeah, but, but so
1: yeah, then we go into the south of France. Yeah, we're in Monte Carlo with Mrs. Van Hopper and. The protagonist. Mm-hmm. She.
0: We see the first thing we see is we see, and I'm going to call him Max. Everybody kind of refers to him as
1: Maxim, Maxim, but I said Max in my notes. Yeah, too. I, I said
0: Max in my notes. Um, we see him like standing at the edge of a cliff, seemingly ready to to launch himself off of it. Yep. And when our narrator, our protagonist, steps, like she stops him, and you know, just kind of she's like, "No, wait, like don't." And and he just. And then she's kind of like, he he just whirls on her and he just seems so angry. And so she's just kind of staring at him of like, oh shit, what did I do? And and so he then he just, he like yells at her, you know, for staring at him and like shouting at him. And so she's like, okay. And because she, the, the best way to describe her, especially at the beginning of the movie is like, she is just such like, A timid, like rabbit of a character. Yes, and so she just she runs, like she runs away, and and then the next thing we see is is our protagonist. She is with Mrs. Van with Mrs. Van Hopper with Mrs. Van Hopper, who is a very established, like aristocratic lady, Socialite, socialite, and um, and she's um. She's, like, the Mrs. Van Hopper, like, she's just kind of moaning about, like, oh, this is the last time I ever come to Monte Carlo in the off-season because there's nobody worth knowing here. And just as she's moaning about that, Max Winter walks in, and she's like, oh, yay!
1: Like, somebody famous, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of, somebody of my she, stature. she invites him to have a cup of tea. He's like, no, no, you must have a cup of tea with me. Like, he, at first yeah. she's very polite, and then... <laughs> Yeah, he um Miss Van Hopper's a lot to be fair. Yes. She's the biggest busybody gossip. Mhm. And she's a lot as a person. And mm-hmm. he is a very solitary person especially mm-hmm. as we find well, out since Rebecca died.
0: Yeah, Miss Van Hopper like you know she you know that's when like she tells our protagonist like like oh you know fetch that waiter and you know tell him to get you another co- mm-hmm. like to get us some more coffees and that's when max is like no 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 no, you're having coffee with me mm-hmm. and he kind of hails a waiter and orders coffees or whatever he's immediately and, protective of her yes and and so um the, you know, the the mrs van hopper like you know she's talking about oh you know like you must be enjoying blah 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 casino here in monte carlo and he tells her you know that sort of thing stopped amusing him years ago and um and so like and then he you know he turns to our protagonist and he asks you know oh well how do you like monte carlo and she says to her it seems a
1: bit artificial and then Mrs. Van Hopper shuts her up and is like, how dare you speak? Kind
0: like, Well, of. it's, she tells her, it's like, she basically says to Max, like, you have to forgive her, you know, like, she's very spoiled. And she's, and then kind of side-eyeing our protagonist, you know, she says, you know, most girls would give their eyes for a chance to see Monte Carlo. And Max just kind of quips, like, well, wouldn't that defeat the purpose? <laughs> and like, our, our protagonist kind of smiles. And, you know, it's like, while like Mrs. Van Hopper is just kind of rambling, he's looking yeah at at the protagonist and um and kind of taking her in and then you know um i can't i can't remember the the uh the context behind it but mrs van hopper is saying something about him having you know something about his valet and and max says oh i i don't have one like, I don't have a valet. And and she's like, oh, well, like, surely, like, you must, you must need some assistance. And so
1: she offers the protagonist well, services. Well, she makes a quip of, do you want to come unpack my bags for me? Oh, yeah. And she's That's like, what it was. Ha, ha, but actually, you should go help him and do everything he needs while you're here. Yeah.
0: So she, she offers the services of, of the protagonist to. Who's a
1: paid companion. Yeah. Her, we, we find, like, yeah. You
0: know. We find that out a little bit later and
1: it's kind um, of obvious though like yeah from their behavior toward each other um
0: but you know but then max you know max you know he he to them he's you know quoting the old adage of you know he who travels alone travels fastest and then he's like uh yep okay bye and just he like he fucks off and um and then that when we van hopper and and the protagonist they they retire for the night and
1: van hopper is still just like rambling She's about like, how dare you put yourself forward like that with mr de winter yeah like you're you're lucky that da, 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 but don't ever do something like that again You mm-hmm. probably embarrassed him that's probably why he ran off yeah and it's like he asked her a question miss <laughs> van hopper's clueless like she yes. is one of the most clueless characters at first
0: yes Ugh. um but then we see the next morning uh our protagonist she goes to sit down like to breakfast
1: by yourself when they're getting into the elevator to go upstairs. Mrs. Van Hopper does do the whole like gossip of Max has been alone since his wife died. Oh yeah. And And that poor man, I've got to find him while he's here and find him some companionship. Mm -hmm. He's probably all by himself. And yeah. So, so um, the protagonist does get the whole, like he was madly in love with his wife and she died. And so Mm -hmm. he's just in the depths of despair since, since her death.
0: Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, the next yeah. morning, we see our protagonist, she goes down to like to breakfast by herself. And as she sits down at the table, clumsily, she knocks over the flower arrangement in the center of the table, and it just soaks the tablecloth. And she's just immediately like apologizing to the waiters, and they're trying to clean it up. And Max had seen her walk in, and he was sitting a couple tables away, and he comes over and he says, he tells the waiter, like, oh, don't worry about that, just set another place at my table. And our protagonist, she's like, "Oh no no no! Like don't like I I couldn't possibly. I don't I don't want to intrude." And he says, "And he's like, well, why not?" And she says, "Oh, just just please, you don't have to be polite." He's like, "I wasn't being polite." <laughs> he's he just, and he says, "Yeah, I should have asked you to have lunch. It's like I would have asked you to have lunch with me, even if you hadn't upset the vase so clumsily." and it's there's something kind of in these in these early interactions it's because you can kind of tell he's been so alone and kind of walled off and also in that aristocratic manner of do huh. uh, you know of being you know like a lord of the house kind of thing he, he he seems a little bit like dictatorial at times of like no this is what i'm saying like
1: he doesn't know it, to talk to real people. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> He's used to speaking and his commands being obeyed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because he, he basically just kind of, have lunch with me. It's not like a suggestion. It's an order. Yeah. And then she's just like, uh, no, no, like I couldn't. Why? <laughs> like, uh, just, you you don't have to be polite. Polite? No, I wasn't being polite. Like, I was going to ask you even before you did the thing that you did.
1: <laughs> like, And so then she's just like,
0: I didn't, okay
1: <laughs> and so he like she orders food and she ordered some scrambled eggs and they said they start talking a little and he yeah finds out her background she uh she did her mother died a long time ago her mm-hmm. father just died last year but he was like her best friend mm-hmm. he was a painter he only painted one tree Uh, which is hilarious like i love that like whole thing but now she is kind of alone in the world so she has become a paid companion Mm -hmm. to miss van hopper because there's nothing really else for her to do yeah
0: because she because she didn't really have any kind of family wealth to inherit she has to work if she's going to to live and so being a paid companion is something that she can do and like because even then you know even the 30s like there was, you know, yeah, like, there were certain jobs that you can get, but I'm like, if you weren't... If
1: she's a, as a well-bred young lady, which she clearly has had some type of yes. thing like that, I mean, she's not of the right class, but yes. she's also not, like,
0: lower. She, yeah, yeah, she she's definitely of, the like, the sort of, like, middle class English yeah. people, you know, she's, you know, she's not part of, like, a landed gentry kind of family, but she's also not... You know like a tenant farmer or anything yeah, exactly. like that you know she she is part of that like i said that that english upper or middle class yeah but while they're talking you know and she's you know he he just he seems interested and he's asking questions about her father and and while she talks he seems to he seems to soften a little bit yeah and asks where she's going because she's gonna go sketch things, and and she says, you know, like, oh, well, I hadn't really decided yet, and and then he's just like, well, I'll drive
1: you. And she's like, she doesn't know where she's going, but by God, he's gonna drive her there. And she's like, okay, and then she's like, well, I'm not really very hungry, so and he's like, no, 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 sit there and eat your food like a good girl. Because, yeah, like, and that's the thing about this character when she we we discover throughout the movie when she feels awkward or out of place, she just doesn't eat. <laughs> she yeah. just she just doesn't. She's just like, yeah, no, I'm good like which yeah like i feel that
0: oh i do too i'm like as as an anxious person like that is definitely a thing that i have employed of like it's like no 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 like you don't understand i'm like my anxiety is about to bubble over i'm like i couldn't choke that down if i wanted to
1: but he's very like
0: he takes care of her yes and the the thing is it's it's not like explicitly stated like their ages in this movie but in the book he's Forty-two, yeah, and she's in her early twenties, and yeah. so this is, and you kind of have that vibe. Yes, you do get that vibe. Yeah. You you get the idea of, and from you know from the things that we learn about Rebecca, is that like Rebecca was just such like a formidable kind of person that like Max just has never had anybody that to take care of, and he is a caretaker and, almost yeah. by
1: nature. Like yeah, and he's so he's just not very good at it because it's been like. Taken away from him for <laughs> Yes, because so it was taken away from him. But, like, when he's not with her naturally, he does just... It seems like enjoy mm-hmm. taking care of her. And she's just this sweet, naive girl that and he can
0: be Yeah, and be given with. given the things that we learn about Rebecca yeah. and her psychopathic tendencies, of yeah. like, the th- you get the idea that the thing that attracts him to our protagonist is... The kind of guilelessness and the, just the innocence that she has of yeah. just somebody who is just so kind of open and and unguarded yeah. with, you know, with her interactions and just like the way that she is. That there is something so pure is the wrong word. It's not the word that yeah. I want to use, but like you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That there is just something so charmingly unspoiled about unspoiled, her Unspoiled. that's yes, the right word. that's the
1: word and like but even then like that's what attracts him to her but yes. then he begins to fall for her just through yes. the other things i that occur. i
0: love because they go you know like this this whole offer to drive her like wherever she's going sketching uh,
1: sorry this is off but it's gonna I'm, it's coming it's just about the, the first interaction they had on the cliff my brain just mm-hmm. like i think he after he thought about it because at the time obviously he as we learned max is a temper but after mm-hmm. he thought about it later, I think he was a little bit charmed, even by the notion that she would stop someone she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like that, because Rebecca would never.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, God,
1: no. Rebecca would stand there and push him as, as you know, and so that I think that like innocence unspoiled, but also kindness and tenderness mm-hmm. that she displays, even when she's being treated badly by like Mrs. Van Hopper. Mm-hmm. I think that is something else that just absolutely pulls him into her. Mm hmm. it's something he doesn't see very often yes i love like as much as this is like a thriller scary story it is a romance like well okay they they are romantically you, you bring
0: up a thing that i meant to kind of get into at the beginning and we just the conversation drifted away from it is that the thing that you that you need to take into account about the story of Rebecca is that it is a gothic romance. Yes. It and and if for those of you who haven't listened to my OTP episode about the characters on The Haunting of Blind Manor, where I go in depth explaining the definition between gothic and horror, and is one like the hallmarks of a gothic romance is that you have I was hold on how did I explain it to my mom cuz I was talking to her about it last night was that you have you that you have you know a you have like a young kind of naive woman like mm-hmm. a a young kind of naive protagonist who uh, like encounters you know like who encounters like a somewhat older gentleman with secrets yeah and like and then there's you know there is a um you know like a creepy old house involved and a like there's always like a mystery within that house that has to be discovered yes and you know usually a
1: scary housekeeper too you
0: yes and usually like a scary housekeeper and so i had because i I was looking at uh, joan fontaine's imdb because mom and i were talking about this movie and i and we were both in agreement that neither one of us had really seen much of joan fontaine's work yeah and and i and so i was looking through imdb while i was on the phone with my mom and and i came across you know that she was in like a 1943 adaptation of jane Eyre with orson wells and so i saw that and i was like wait hold on a second didn't they like do that in the 30s it wasn't Olivier in that and so then i flip over to his and like and i'm scrolling yeah. through it no he was in wuthering heights yeah not jane Eyre. and so like and so i was like oh, okay the, the the i mean to be fair both bronte stories
1: the books i read like, or not the books the reviews i read for this movie did do some with wuthering heights like discussion comparison things because not like madly, massively, because they were obviously writing a newspaper, so it had to be short. But, yes, but they did like allude to him in Wuthering Heights several times. And yeah, stuff because because
0: that. that was kind of the movie that he made before. I'd this. forgotten. I, like until yeah. I read that at the time, I'd forgotten. It was I, him Wuthering but Heights the, yeah, I but, it was that in that, so but it was in that. But it was in that. Yeah, it was in that moment that I suddenly realized. Like, oh no, I conflated Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights because I mean both yeah. like gothic romances yeah and so it's was like oh no 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 it's like he he made the difference for me is i like jane Eyre, i do not like wuthering Heights, but that's the thing is like there's always this you know great yep. kind of grand like mannerly estate that that has some kind of secret to it yep. and in or there's some hold over it and and in yep. this like in this the hold over manderley is rebecca yes and it's the you know even though we don't see like a spectral presence of rebecca she's there she is the ghost that haunts this house yeah and and
1: so yeah but she's more of a figurative ghost than a little she is ghost. a figurative ghost more yeah. than a literal one yeah um but a lot of but, people go into this i think expecting a literal ghost and that's not oh yeah how it works
0: yeah the, and i remember talking to some this was in college and it was while we were doing our film class or whatever talking because we were talking about hitchcock during that time and like yeah. my god how much did we watch marnie a uh, lot a lot um but we I remember, I remember who it was that i was talking about but i you know i brought up oh you know these other hitchcock movies whatever and i brought up rebecca and and it had at that time it had been a long time since i had seen it and um, and so whoever it was that I was talking to was absolutely convinced that Rebecca was a ghost and that Rebecca's ghost set manderly on fire. And I was no. like, I, maybe I don't know enough in this moment to contradict you, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, like, re-watching it and everything, I'm like, yeah, no, that's not it. Uh, but anyway, getting back into the plot... Mm-hmm. Um, the um she our protagonist is sketching yes. max and and he he's kind of leaned against like a railing and there's this great like sea view behind him and everything and and he kind of quips he's telling her he's like you've taken long enough of that sketch that i shall expect a real work of art and she's just like oh no like giving all these qualifiers for it as he comes over to look at it and finally he he looks at the sketch and he and
1: it it's something it's not great it's
0: not great i mean she can draw better than i can but it's still it's still yeah it's still not great and then he kind of he's like oh what's this lovely little twist in my nose and this kind of stuff she's like "Well, you know you change your expression so much it was just hard to capture and blah, blah and he again he's just kind of immensely charmed by it yeah and and then he goes like back to the railing and he's talking about how you know the the views the view here, it reminds him of their views in Cornwall. And, um, and he asked, you know, if she's ever been there. And she says, yes, that she had gone on holiday with her father once. And, and that she was in a shop and she bought a postcard with this beautiful house on it. And she, she asked somebody like what it was. And they're like, oh, well, you know, that's Manderly, of course. And um and so she starts babbling she starts babbling you know and she's talking about manderley and he starts getting this kind of moody far away look as she just keeps rambling and then
1: she starts trying to make small talk like the weather here's lovely i go swimming all the time Uh, and like have you know pity someone drowned last year (laughs) yeah and it's like as soon as she as soon as she mentions that he's just like Shutdown. Yep. Okay. Guess what? We're going home now. I'll drive you back. Yeah, I'll drive you back. And so, and, and like she knows immediately she screwed up, and she's like, "I'm so sorry." Like, I yeah, just- and it's like she knows that she did something wrong. She just doesn't
0: know yeah. what. And and when she gets back to when she gets back to the hotel, like she's currently kind of relieved of her companion yeah. duties because Mrs. Van Hopper is ill, and so she has a nurse attending her. And and when when she comes back uh when she comes back to the hotel um you know Mrs. Van Hopper is explaining to this nurse, you know like oh yes, she knows like she knows Max very very well and and then starts talking about his wife, the beautiful Rebecca, who drowned while sailing near Vanderley, and it just you see the you, face palm you, you that see she her like
1: do. oh. Fuck! Like I stepped in it. Oh, yeah.
0: And and then that night, we see her, like, she's in bed and, like, she's dreaming. And, like, all she's dreaming is just, like, these ramblings from Mrs. Van Hopper of, like, all this talk about Rebecca. And, yeah, blah, she's blah. being haunted by Rebecca yeah, before she know, even yeah, is in a the, position and, to... and it all kind of comes back to, you know, like, oh, you know, the beautiful Rebecca De Winter and, and all this. Um, and then we see... Our, you know, we see our narrator, our protagonist, she goes, she's gonna, you know, because she doesn't have anything to do because her um her lady is ill so she's gonna go take she it ask
1: permission is it okay yeah. if i get a tennis lesson
0: yeah she's gonna go take and a and tennis lesson
1: hopper once again just one of the coldest bitches in this movie oh yeah absolutely hopper goes oh i suppose you've seen the tennis pro and he's good looking so you want to go take a lesson with him very well child have your fun and like sends her off on her way never thinking that you know maybe the girl actually wants to learn to play tennis yeah but she doesn't really get to because she heads that way <laughs> And Max like, what are you I doing? No, nope, you're going if for a she, drive with me.
0: Yeah, I love, like, you know, she's dressed in a tennis playing outfit. And he sees her, like, with a she's racket. Holding a racket. Holding a racket. And he says, oh, you like tennis? She goes, well, not particularly. I don't really know how to play. And he's just like, great. And he takes the yeah. racket, like, hides it in the bushes. And then just like, We're going Whoop. for a drive. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, ten- and, and we kind
1: of get this, like.
0: Takes her off in a drive. Yeah. And. Um, And so then we just – we kind of see – it's not really like a montage. It's, it's just, just more
1: – It's sort of a montage. It's but, sort of a montage. Yeah.
0: But, you know, we we see them, you know, going – we see them going for drives, and then we see them, like, dancing, like dancing together. Yeah. and And she's just caught up in the moment and, like, you know, eyes closed and enjoying this moment of the dancing, and he is just – watching her watching and in smi- a non-creepy way in and non- yeah it's like he's just he's smiling at her and like he's got her in his arms gazing gazing be yes and and so she's um
1: they're both a little twitter page yeah they're
0: both a little twitter paid in this moment um and then you know they they go for another they go for another drive and and she kind of makes the comment well, that before she before they
1: go on the drive mrs van hopper tells her this is kind of her last day of freedom because she's going to get rid of the nurse, so she's going to want her yeah. companion back. So it puts a different mindset in. Yeah. Because it's been about a week, mm-hmm. and so it puts puts the protagonist in, like, a different mindset mm-hmm. as she goes down to, to kind of hang out with Max. And Max is not... Also, Mrs. Van Hopper keeps sending Max notes to come see her, and he just ignores them. Yes. Because <laughs> that's Max.
0: Um but the you know they they go on this drive and you know she the protagonist makes the comment that she wishes there was something you know some invention that could bottle up memories like perfume and you know, always be able to like have access to these memories and he says you know like okay well what from your very young life would you like would you like to bottle up and she says you know everything of the last few days you know these last few days that they've spent together and he and he says you know well Like, the thing is, is that sometimes those bottles have little demons that pop out and make you remember things you desperately want to forget. And it's just, because now he's, you know, he's put a damper on the conversation. And so she just kind of, okay, and like, awkwardly kind of starts chewing her nails and he he chides her for it. (laughs) Because, again, it's like, she's very young and she still does some of these very childish things like biting her nails. And he... (laughs) <laughs> that was not it just came for me that was not a dunk Kian just came for me that was not a dunk on you it's <laughs> it's legitimately it's the way that she's, doing, way she's it. doing it it's yeah. the way that she's doing it i bite my nails all the time for those of you who don't know it was just i just couldn't help it Kian. the words were literally coming out of my mouth and it was like before i finished the sentence i was like oh no <laughs> um, like i was not dunking on michelle oh, It's fine. It's um but um you know, he, like, he tells her to, like, you know, stop biting her nails, and then she kind of, she just has this moment of, like, like, I wish, you know, just, it's very, you know, like, I wish there were 30, 30, like, 30 35 flirty, yeah like 30, I wish. I, no it's just it, it's a yeah. very like 13 going on 30 yeah. moment of like
1: i you know like i wish i were 30 flirty and thriving thriving like i wish i were 35 and wearing a dark yeah a black dress with pearls
0: yeah and like she yeah she wishes that she were a woman of 36 dressed 36. in black satin and pearls and he laughs and he's like it's like no like you wouldn't be here with me if you were <laughs> and and so like while they're while they're having um while they're out she asks him she says uh you know would you please tell me mr de winter why you've spent all this time with me it's obvious you want to be kind but why do you choose me for your charity and he tells her i he asked you the car to a stop first. yeah and he pulls he pulls the no, car no, no we need pull, to talk. yeah pull pull the car over um he says i asked you to come out with me because i wanted your company you've blotted out all the past for me more than the bright lights of monte carlo but if you think i just asked you out of kindness or charity you can leave the car now and find your own way home and and then you know she's like oh no no like I'm you know I'm sorry and he, she calls him Mr De Winter again but he tells, and then he tells her and I don't know why I love this moment and part of it has to do with Olivier's delivery but he's, he's like please don't call me Mr De Winter he goes I have a very impressive array of first names George Fortescue Maximilian you needn't bother with all of them at once my family called me Maxim it's like uh, another thing please promise me to never wear black satin or poor pearls or be thirty six years old. And, and in that moment, like, he, he's kind of, like, brushing her hair yeah. away from her face. And then, I don't, it's just such a tiny little moment of, like, he just kind of, like, touches his fingers to her forehead. Yeah. And this just little, I, I don't know what it is.
1: There was just something it's that, almost I, like a kiss with his, like, it's using his fingers. Yeah, of, it's, yeah.
0: but, um, but then we see, you know, he's, like, Max has, like, back at the hotel, you know, he has sent her some flowers and he has signed them, Maxim. And, um. And in that moment, like, Mrs. Van Hopper has received a telegram that her daughter is to be getting married, and so... They need to head ha- to New York we have to make We have to make haste for New York, and she wants our protagonist to get tickets on, you know... The like, 1230
1: train, and... Yeah,
0: like, to head to Cherbourg to catch a ship, and... Um, and all of this, and and so the narrator, like our narrator, she panics and like I've uh, not okay, like I've got to figure something out. And so she calls, she calls Max, and finds out he's out riding. He's not going to be back until at least noon, and they're supposed to be leaving at twelve thirty. And so it's this very tight time crunch, and she's just panicked all the time. And but eventually, you know, she and mrs van hopper like they get into the car and then she like makes an excuse to like run back in you know finds out max is back he's in his room she rushes up there and uh because she called but he was in the shower yeah he he didn't answer (laughs) called like yeah she called and he was in the shower he's come back in from writing and and so she like hurries to his room and um and, and she's telling him you know, she finally, like, he comes out, he comes out to the bathroom, like, in his robe and everything, and, um, and she starts telling him what, you know, like, what's I going on. goodbye. Yeah, essentially, like, I came to say goodbye, and like, I, you know, I'm going to New York with Mrs. Van Hopper, and like, it's going to be terrible, and I'm and going to I may hey, never see you again. Yeah, like, and, then... and I may never, I may never see you again. And he takes his clothes, and he goes into the bathroom to change, and then he, he yells, he kind of yells from the bathroom, he says, which would you prefer, New York or Manderley? And she's like, ah, no, like I, like, okay, I don't know. I gotta go. And he, and he so he repeats himself. And, and he says, he's like, either you go to New York with Mrs. Van Hopper, or you come home to Manderley with me. You, you mean you want a secretary or something? It's like, I'm asking you to marry me, you little fool. And like, he come, he come, and her face just, yeah, it's just, like just blue it's, screen. It's, my God, the delivery on like, I, yeah. yeah. You mean you want a secretary or something? I don't know. Like, I died. I and, could not and stop laughing. His, his response: of, No, I'm asking you to marry me. Like, yeah. Um, but he, he, you know, he he comes out and he says, you know, and she tells him she she's insisting to him that she is not the sort of person that men marry. Yeah, and he wants to know why not, and she says, Yeah, I just I don't belong to your sort of world. I'm the best judge of whether you belong there or not. Like, of course, if you don't love me, that's a different thing. It's a fine blow to my conceit. That's all. And she tells him, she's like, I do love you. I love you most dreadfully. I've been crying all morning because I thought I'd never see you again. And then he just kind of softens a little bit. And he's like, oh, bless you for that. He like takes her hand. Yeah. And, like, and then so, he tells her, he's, he's you're like. You're so cute. I know. And he tells her, he's like, I'll remind you of this one day. And you won't believe me. It's a pity you have to grow up. And. And so then you know he he basically he offers to break the news to Mrs. Van Hopper and so he gets he gets her up to his room and, and Mrs. Van Hopper, you know, she's just kind of like, oh, my, okay, so this is what you've been doing, you know, instead of all those tennis and she, lessons. To, to and,
1: Max's face, she's like, oh, that's so sweet. And then she turns and she just glares at her mate at, at her companion. Yeah, like, and, oh.
0: but, you know, she does kind of step up and like, okay, you know, the, oh, this poor I'll child. I'll
1: off my family. Yeah,
0: I sandwich. I can, I can delay, I can delay my trip for a week. And so, you know, this poor child, she has no mother, she has no family. I'll help her with everything, you know, the trousseau and blah, 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 and all this sort of help stuff. Help her have a big wedding. Yeah. Mostly. Help, you know, I'll like, I'll help her do the things that, you know, a woman would need to do to get married, especially to someone of Max's stature. And he's just like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, I think we we'd... would dream of asking you to wait. Yeah.
1: No, well, you can see that I really don't want this on. Yeah. On and, the face and, and he,
0: he says, you know, we'll, we're, we'll, we're just going to do things quietly. And, and so then Max goes to get the protagonist's luggage. Let me out let me of, go,
1: darling, and make sure they get your stuff pulled yeah. off of, of her car. Yeah, like I'll go and get and, your stuff. Oh, Mrs. Van Hopper does a does a Oh, yeah.
0: And and Mrs. She Van Hopper, like, she wants to know how the protagonist, like, how did you manage this? And, you know, like, oh, you work fast, don't you? And and then she she says that she just can't see her as, you know, being the mistress of Manderley. You haven't what it takes to be a great lady. Like, of course, you know why he's marrying you, don't you? You haven't flattered yourself that he's in love with you. The fact is that empty house got on his nerves to such an extent that he nearly went off his head. Just couldn't go on living alone. And then that's when our narrator is just like, "Oh, Van Hopper, like, don't you've got a boat to catch? Like, let's get go. the out." <laughs> yeah, and and so then we see, you know, our protagonist and Max like getting. They go to a registrar's
1: office to like to get married. And And Max is almost like a man renewed at this moment. Like, there is a pep in his step. And Mm -hmm. he is, he, and she, and she is very, very happy with him, too. Mm -hmm. They come downstairs, there's another wedding is, is, like, being led away. And he's like, oh, you just, you probably wanted a proper veil. But then he's like, well, okay, I can't do that. But I can at least do this. And he goes and buys, like, an armful of flowers.
0: When you say armful, it's like full-on like giant like table arrangement of flowers yeah like it is it's huge
1: and she's and she just laughs and like they're and then yeah we see them coming home to manderley yeah they've
0: yeah you know they've gone on their honeymoon yep. abroad and so now they've they've come back to to manderley and we see you know like they're driving up to the house and it was an the- appropriate
1: day to talk about this though <laughs> like with yeah the storm
0: that we were having <laughs> yeah with <laughs> Yeah because the um it starts you know it starts raining as as as, they're driving as, as the they're driving as they're driving up to the house and no joke it started storming when i was about like 3 miles away from Michelle's house just oh, like absolute downpour i Kia got came in like I, Mr. Yeah, <laughs> I did i walked into Michelle's house cuz like normally i knock at the door and then kind of wait a beat for her to for her to yell at me that the door is open i knocked and then thought no and like just like yeah. i i barged into the house and like i was a drowned rat but like, but like i'm so not funny. i was so soaked guys michelle had to lend me her shirt and throw mine in the dryer that's how wet it i was and that's exactly how our characters are in Enter this moment, this moment yeah. i've just because yeah they are driving in a convertible <laughs> it's like it is is. They're absolutely soaked and and so
1: but we see the entire you know, staff is there waiting to greet. Yes.
0: Which even <laughs> Max was not completely Max is just like, oh, uh, okay. Not what I expected, but sure. And, um. Introduce her to Mrs. Danvers. And Mrs. Danvers, the stone now, cold Now, he also introduces
1: her to the butler, uh. Frith. Frith. I love Frith. Oh, I do too. Like, Frith I is great. adore Frith. And it's clear, like, early on that Frith does like the new Mrs. DeWinter as well. Yeah. But Mrs. Danvers, ice cold
0: like yeah and and then we see you know danvers like she takes um she takes mrs de winter she takes her up to you know their their bedroom there takes her up to the bedroom and um and and like one of the maids has helped her has helped like change clothes has helped her change yeah and and danvers tells our protagonist that you know oh this is alice you know she's she's a parlor maid um she'll look after you until your own until your lady's maid arrives she's like i don't I, I i don't have
1: a i ladies. don't have one alice could do fine well alice is needed on the
0: floor so that's not going to work yeah and you know tell like um and you know then danvers starts in on you know well you know i i hope this room has been decorated to your liking and and she's like, well, I, I don't exactly know what it looked like before, so maybe you'll describe it to me. And and so Danvers explains to her, you know, well, this room
1: this was never... Of the house. Yeah, even.
0: like, th- yeah, this room, it was never really used much. And like, yeah. it's even the, like this entire wing, the, the east wing, we never really used it. Um, Just for guests. Yeah, it's like it wasn't used much before. It's like, you know, Mr. DeWinter's rooms were elsewhere, so he never used the east wing because it doesn't have a sea view like the west wing does and and then you know our protagonist she says something to the effect of like oh you know you must have been here quite a while and that's when she says you know she came to manderley when rebecca was a bride um and you know our protagonist is just you know she's saying she hopes that she and danvers can become friends and everything because she really wants to like she wants to make a go of it she wants to be successful in her and in her she, new position and she's like i and, admit that i know
1: nothing about managing a house so i'm yeah. really gonna rely on you
0: and you know and the other you know but m- above anything like she wants to make max happy and so you know she's saying she'll kind of defer to to danvers to like until like she starts to you Understand. know to get, until she starts to get the hang of things, yeah, you know, but you know she wants danvers' help and and Danvers mentions you know, oh well, you know how she's run everything in the house since since Rebecca's death, and you know well, Maxim hasn't complained, so um, but then, as they head out, they head out of of this room and and Danvers then points out rebecca's old quarters and says you know they were the most beautiful room in the house and they they looked over the lawns and out to the sea and
1: but like it's not even just that like danvers and she were walking down the thing danvers opens the door like she's expecting her to leave rebecca has not said oh, she it... wants to, or not rebecca sorry the protagonist has not said she wants to mm-hmm. go anywhere danvers opens the door and she's like oh i guess i'll go downstairs yeah and she walks out the door and danvers like creepy follows her behind it's, it's that gliding yeah yeah and then we come to the Rebecca, yeah, the reverb she but it's just like all the all the moments leading up to yeah. this is is she's so leading her
0: It's yeah, and it, it's it's almost hard to explain. Like you just you kinda yeah. need to see it, but but then we see, you know, at dinner, um our protagonist, like the napkin the napkin at her play setting, it has Rebecca's monogram on it.
1: Which, you know, you might want to get rid of those. Just a thought. I mean, Davers probably wouldn't like it, but... Yes. You might... That might be something and, that the husband might have noticed. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Because um, I, I adore... I do adore Max. However... Yeah. He is a little bit of a 1940s man in that he is totally clueless to the running of the house. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and not just the running of the house, but, like, the way that, like, <laughs> women work. Like, people yeah, work. And... But at
0: the same, you know, like, and I can, yeah. I can see him not, like, not ordering anything different to be done in this year since yeah, Rebecca's yeah, yeah. death, just because of like, because she was so beloved in the county, yeah,
1: yeah, but of like,
0: yeah, like you can't just like burn it was, down her rooms and yeah, over. it's like you can't just you know throw all of her shit in the lawn and start a bonfire. Well, and his own
1: guilt is so heavy, exactly.
0: Too. And um, but then you know we have we see um. Our protagonist, she meets Crawley, who is the the estate agent. I
1: love Crawley. I do too.
0: He's great. Um, But, you know, and then, like, Max comes in, you know, because he and Crawley, like, you know, Max has been gone for quite a while. So there are things on the estate that need to be taken care of. So they're going to be busy. But as he's kind of leaving, you know, Max... This is, like, the
1: next morning. Yeah, this is the next
0: morning. um, Max tells our protagonist, you know, his sister and her husband are going to be... are going to be coming by for lunch Beatrice but, yes but I love that like as he as like as he's about to leave he tells he's like don't worry darling I'll be back in time to protect you from them and um because you know because he's saying something about it's like oh you know like my sister you know Beatrice like she, she probably would like she probably wants to come and like size you up and like way to panic
1: your wife a little bit more oh yeah yeah exactly but yeah so she and like, and she sits down to eat but like the butlers come in as she's sitting down and She's like, "Oh, I'm not hungry." All of a sudden, he goes, and the butler's like, "Well, well don't she, yeah, yeah, she,
0: well, even like she goes over like to the buffet and kind of like opens a couple of lids on things and is like, 'I just, no, I can't,' and and puts you know leaves the food alone and like pours herself a cup of tea or like some coffee or something. Or she and got they, like some bread, yeah, and goes like over to the dining room table to kind of sit down and have her tea. And and then that's when Frith comes in and she's just like, oh, okay, apparently I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And and it's just cause she's still just so awkward because yeah. she doesn't know the rules and and everything. And that's when um And I don't she, think like if Frith is
1: not trying no, to be like that. He's Frith not just he's used to doing things. Like he has no problem with her being there. And typically Yo, the butler would be in the room when the person was eating. Yeah, that's that's a pretty typical. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't has an experience. No, she doesn't know. So yeah, she like panics and gets up to leave, and he's like, "Don't forget your newspaper." And he actually follows her out of the room,
0: and and she she kind of starts wandering aimlessly around. She winds
1: up in the library. Yeah,
0: she she steps into the library, and like the windows are open, and it's freezing in there. And that's, you know, Frith tells her, like, okay, we don't normally light the fire in here until the afternoon. Like, but but, you know, but if you'd want it and she's like, Oh no no, like it's it's fine, like don't go any trouble. You know, and then he he tells her, he's like, Well, the late Mrs. DeWinter, she usually did her her telephoning and correspondence in the morning room and there's a fire lit in there if you you know if you would prefer yeah.
1: that and so she's just like oh, okay great like as Where's long as the I'm, morning room again yeah like where where is the morning room? and so he like kind of like lovingly she... smiles like, and, like like a daughter and grandpa he's like hey, yeah it's just over there it's okay and
0: and he and like the room is just still like completely set up just as Rebecca a, a, left it. Exactly as she Rebecca is left it.
1: She literally stamped on this place because all of the like address books have big R's on them. Mm-hmm.
0: Everything has all her, that kind her, of her monogram on it, yeah. And
1: and uh, you can see how intimidated yeah. uh, that the protagonist is. Jean Fontaine does such a great job. Oh, at, she does. At like and balancing that.
0: Like I appreciated like... Just how like mousy and timid and anxious she is during these scenes because I'm like that—that's my life. <laughs> Out of like, like I don't know, like I'm not—I don't want to upset the status quo. I'm like, I will just stay back here. I'm fine. <laughs> like,
1: but then like, like she ends up knocking this Cupid off. Well, the, f- well, first because she's looking for the different books. Yeah. Well, Rebecca's. before
0: we get to the Cupid, the phone on the desk rings, right. and and she she picks. She picks up the phone, and apparently the caller asks for Mrs. De Winter, and she goes, "Uh, no, Mrs. De Winter died a year ago. She's not here. Thanks, bye." And like hangs up the phone, and then immediately realizes, "Oh fuck, I'm Mrs. De Winter!" Like, because and- she's been in
1: this like servant role for so yeah, long. Yeah, she has, and it would just be weird. And then Danvers comes in just as that. D- Dan- is yeah, Danvers
0: comes in and tells her, "Like, okay, that's
1: the house telephone." That's probably the gardener wanting instructions on what to do. Yeah. And 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 she sounds so like droll and almost annoyed mm -hmm. with the protagonist.
0: And and then and then Danvers hands her the lunch menu to approve. Um, be, you know, because because the in laws are coming over f- for lunch, so mm-hmm. she hands her the menu to approve, and and our protagonist is kind of looking over it, and you see she's clearly overwhelmed, and and Danvers says, you know, you'll notice that I left the sauce blank because. Like the late Missus De Winter was always so particular about sauces, and so our protagonist is just like, um, whatever, like I'll defer to you, whatever,
1: whatever, she, what, would whatever she would have served, whatever
0: she would have served, like let's, you know, like let's whatever serve you, whatever she, yeah, would have served. we'll we'll do that, and and then Danvers leaves, and that's very when, good, madam. Yeah, that's when Danvers leaves, and now we have the moment where our our protagonist, she's, you know, she's now alone in this room and she turns and she, her elbow hits this little, like, statuette and she knocks it off the
1: desk. Which was begging to be knocked over. It absolutely where it was, was. Where it was positioned. Absolutely. was absolutely like, begging to be knocked over. I'm like, who put stuff there? Rebecca. Yeah. Or Danvers to set her up. Danvers, I could also see I, that. I
0: would believe it was Danvers, yeah. But yeah so and it, it, she it knocks it over like and, pieces, it, and it breaks into several pieces and, um, and again, like, proving, like, this moment of, you know, like anxiety and child, childishness. She grabs the pieces, shoves them into the very back of a drawer and then like piles pieces of paper over, (laughs) over like to hide it. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, her, her in-laws arrive and we see her kind of like hiding behind like a column in the house, or like kind of hiding behind a wall, because Max isn't there yet. She's not going to face these people by herself. But then she ultimately like they get <laughs> but yeah to, yeah. But she ultimately does. She does. She she kind of she, she finds eavesdrop
1: at the door for a second. She
0: does eavesdrop at the door, and and then and she Nigel g- says she's a chorus girl from. Friends it's like where did you get the idea that she was a chorus
1: girl well he picked her up in the south of france what else would she be and And, you could just see like beatrice is just like my husband
0: yeah and and so they but she does the protagonist like she does come in and so you know the in-laws they they introduce themselves and yeah and and everything and and so then they ask how she's how she's getting along with danvers and she very tactfully like kind of makes the comment of you know well she's like unlike anybody i've encountered before or something like that and i love giles the brother-in-law just like scares you doesn't she (laughs) just like well scares him for sure oh god yeah it's just like you get the idea that like everybody in cornwall is fucking terrified of danvers he's not Oh no, B B gives no fucks, and that's what I love
1: about B. But but she um, sends, but B- Beatrice <laughs> sends Giles out. She's like, <laughs> she's like but, "Go away, darling. No one wants you here." Yeah. Like, so he leaves. So he goes. I guess I'll go find. I'll, I'll go yeah, find and, uh, Mr. Winter at Max. And but B and Beatrice is like, "You don't have any reason to be scared of Miss Danvers." Like, is it? But she likely resents you because, because she, she loved she's,
0: she because she adored Rebecca. And then at lunch. Um, I love this moment too, because I love Nigel Bruce. I love the the succession of Nigel Bruce playing characters who can't keep their foot out of their mouth, yep because yep. That's what he does because you know they're now at lunch with max and and you know so the in-laws they're asking the protagonist you know like some you know some of her hobbies and like you know oh well you know do you do you ride you know side saddle or astride and she's like i don't i don't ride at all i'm afraid and he's like oh well you know you're gonna have to learn because you know down here everybody rides and you know it's like what about you know gardening and like all these sort of things and um and then they dancing um, you You're know like, like what about dancing and she's like oh I, you know i i love dancing i'm terrible at it but i love it and, you know and max kind of tells him he's like well you know she she likes to sketch and things like that and so then they talk about that and then giles says <laughs> giles is somebody's like oh well what about sailing do you and like
1: boats Sorry. yeah do you like boats <laughs> do you like sailing she's like she's like no <laughs> He's like, oh, that's good, and then he just and then suddenly like, re- drops like, his fork and covers. He's like- literally, he just goes, oh, because the room
0: <laughs> freezes, and like everybody kind of like looks he at Max. Got in and so
1: much trouble. Oh, when he, he got did.
0: Home. Oh my god! Just the entire drive home. B like,
1: B is going to rip into him. And yeah, I wish and it's we just in it.
0: You know in in that moment of just you know like you just like Max is so uncomfortable, but as as they 're getting ready to leave, you know b kind of makes the comment of you know about about the protagonist 's hair and you know the way that she 's dressed and things, and she 's like well, you know i can I can see by how you dress that you don 't really care about how you look she 's like but i 'm surprised that max hasn 't been hasn 't been on you about it he 's very particular about clothes. And the protagonist, he's like, I, I don't think he ever really even notices what I wear. Huh. Well, he must have changed a lot then. And so then, you know, Beatrice, she you know, she tells the protagonist, she's like, you know, Max, he gets in these moods sometimes. And, you know, and occasionally he'll go off into... You know, a terrible rage. She's like, but you know, you you don't mind it. Like, you you mustn't let it get to you. And, and then she says, "You, but I don't suppose he'll lose his temper with you. You seem like such a placid little thing." But she, but she does seem to really yes, like she her. does. Like
1: she's got her arms wrapped around her, and like they're walking out of the, the yeah, the house she does. And...
0: and and but also, you know, Beatrice. She says, you know, she says, you know, we were terribly worried about Max this time last year. She says, but you know, oh, you know that whole story, and just. fucks off but now max looks so much better with you
1: yes which is important i think it is like an important Um, like thing for her to know but yeah she she doesn't hear that yes she just hears the
0: with everything that happened last year yeah and and so now that the in-laws are gone you know max and our protagonist they can they can go on a walk but you know it's a little cloudy so probably best you know for her to grab a coat and 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 then like immediately before they set off, like he holds the coat out for her to put on, and she's like, "Oh, I have to I have to wear it now." And he's like, "Yes, yes, must cover up the children." <laughs> I just it made me laugh so much because like I, it's one of the things like I appreciate that like he understands. He's like, "Yes, there is a significant age difference, yeah, but like I'm going to lean into the jokes, yeah." Um, but they, you know, they like they're they're walking and they're with walking the dog, with Jasper. with with the spaniel Jasper, and and. Jasper like takes off running down down um down to the cove like down to the beach and she tries to go like after the dog and like insisting like let's go down there and he's just no, like we're, no, we're
1: not going down he there. He agrees to go to the end of the stairs.
0: Yeah. But then and she
1: tries to chase off after the dog and he does he tells her, he basically Don't go.
0: Yeah. But he kind of, he like, they go down like to the end, they go down the stairs and they're standing on the beach. And like, she tries to chase off after the dog and he's just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, not, I'm not going just, I'm right here. And you see the irritation and the anger, like building on his face and, you know, she she runs off down to, and, like, there's this cottage on the beach, and the dog is, like, laying outside the cottage, and then that's when, you know, the door opens, and there's this really weird man. Yeah. Whose name is Ben. Yep. And he's just... You get the idea that like maybe like once upon a time he kind of worked on the estate and then he started going a little bit mad. Probably says they give him odd jobs. Now. Yeah, they they give him odd jobs like just to kind of give him something to do and like kind of take care of him a little bit. Yeah. But um the the you know you, she steps in cuz she's looking for something to like make High into dog, like yeah. make into a leash for the dog and and like this this cottage it's just completely covered in cobwebs and just inches of dust like n- clearly like nobody's really been here for a while but she does notice like a scarf there with rebecca's monogram on it yeah. um and and so like this you know this this man he's he starts like rambling about you know, the old mistress and how, yeah, is she gone? And like, you know, and how she's, you know, she is, is she ever coming back? And like, no, no, she's never coming back. And, and then she goes back to find Max, but he's, he's fucked off. He is striding back to the house. He, yeah, she, she gets to him like back, back up top of the stairs. And, and he's so angry with her for going against his wishes and, and he yells at her for going to the college. And then he just starts lamenting. It's like, we never should have come back to Manderley. Like we just, we shouldn't have. And, um, but then, you know, they, like, they patch things over. She soothes his temper. She, yeah, she does. She starts and to cry so- and he
1: realizes how much he's upset her. Yeah. It's kind of the first time in Max's experience, almost, that he cares about someone else's feelings. Mm-hmm in in that manner like yeah. and so it, it immediately like cools that temper for him which yeah. it, she she sues the savage beast in a way like a bit yeah like she has that that naivete that she has and that sweetness and mm-hmm. that tenderness he was reacting to her as if she was rebecca and then he remembered no she's not yeah and and i just really appreciate that i like, do too that that way that turn happens yeah
0: and yeah. and so like i said you you know she kind of like burst into tears like while he was yelling at her and this coat that he made her put on
1: you know she reaches it was an and, extra coat he picked up yeah it was closet. an extra coat
0: like you know they had in sort of like the mud room or whatever yeah and he um uh she reaches into the pocket and there's a handkerchief and so she's drying her she's drying her eyes and naturally it's a one of Rebecca's monogrammed handkerchiefs. Stamped Liter- on everything, Literally, man. the woman is everywhere. Like, why um, wouldn't
1: you... Well, I mean, I know why she wouldn't, because Rebecca was a, socio, was a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I was like, why wouldn't you think that, you know, De Winter would be stamped everywhere, not Rebecca? Like, that's the... Like, it's clear that she thought a lot of herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not a lot of, you know, uh-huh. anything else.
0: Um, but then we see... Um, it's like another day and our protagonist, she, she goes in to help Crawley. Cause like he's sending out letters and things like that. And so she offers. And she kind of wants to learn. She does. And, and so she, she. also wants to pump him for information. She does. <laughs> um, but I love that she, she's like, well, you know, can I help? Like I may not be of much use, but I can at least lick stamps for you. And he's just like, yeah, okay, sure. And, um, and so then she starts asking him about the beach cottage and, you know, and he tells her about Ben, who we mentioned, and um and and she says, you know, well like why hasn't you know why hasn't Max like done anything about the cottage? And he says, Well, if he wanted something done with it, he'd tell me and I'd take care of it. And and Crawley he explains, you know, that the cottage was Rebecca's and that's the cottage is near where her boat was moored, um, and that the boat it capsized and she was washed away she was washed away by the sea mm-hmm. and that her body was found 2 months later some like 40 miles away in Edgecombe and that max had to go identify the body and um and our protagonist says that you know she know like she just knows you know everybody is comparing her to rebecca and she says that she knows that she lacks the things that rebecca had that she lacks beauty and wit and intelligence, you know, all of the qualities that are important in a woman. And Crawley, he counters, and and he tells her, you know, but she has qualities that are more important. She has kindness and sincerity and modesty. And he's, and then he tells her, he's like, none of us want to live in the past, Maxim least of all. It's up to you to lead us away from it. Um,
1: I, And that scene is yeah. so... Good because it tells you so many things about like it's so it's such Mm -hmm. a simple scene tells you a lot about Crawley and about the protagonist, but that Crawley had his own like in his hesitance to talk about Rebecca, like Mm -hmm. he has a massive hesitance, and and finally he gives in because you know she does she can't ask Max Mm -hmm. she just can't she can't, but you also sense that Crawley knows more than he's saying. Oh, absolutely, and like even the part where he he, she says, well, wasn't you know she afraid to go out in that boat by herself and. Carly sponsored Rebecca wasn't afraid of anything and then like at the very button of, of the scene she says I have one more question for you because he's wanting to shut it down mm-hmm. I have one for one more question for you just and and he goes well I'll answer it if I can and she's like what was Rebecca really like mm-hmm. and he sits down and he says she was the most beautiful creature I've ever seen yeah and the, all the good he just did in that conversation goes away yeah because the protagonist obviously is a very insecure like because mm-hmm. everyone's telling her how much max loved his wife and how wonderful they were together and how wonderful rebecca was and how amazing rebecca was yeah. and how smart and beautiful and the protagonist knows she's not a great beauty. she's not those things she's not the the wittiest person in the room mm-hmm. she's none of that she doesn't know how to do a house she doesn't mm-hmm. have those abilities but in the moment he says you have those things that you know you have other traits that, that, that are, are equally important, is, yeah. And she's like, maybe, maybe I can do this. And then he's like, "She's the fuel creature I've ever seen." And like the the, the it, it almost like zooms in on her, like, yeah, like dark. And like whenever Rebecca got brought up with uh with the sister and brother in law, yeah, like the screen We had just her in mm-hmm. in light. It was so like once again, it's Hitchcock. So like the lighting in this movie is phenomenal yeah the there's, use of shadow and light there and yeah there
0: I, there's a scene that's coming up yeah. that it's it i want to talk about um but yeah from here it's we see our protagonist like she's flipping through a magazine and and in it there's this black satin dress and so she orders it from london and so she she comes with her, her hair pulled back. Yeah, she's got she's got her hair back. She's in a fashionable dress, very fashionable dress, very fashionable black satin dress with a string of pearls, and and you kind of get the idea that like this is seemingly an attempt for her to feel more grown up and sophisticated. That she's trying to outwardly grow into what she thinks, she's, what supposed she thinks she's supposed to be. That's yeah. this is what she thinks she's supposed to be. And what she be. Thinks Max wants, yes, and. And so she walks in because Max has gotten their uh their honeymoon their, their honeymoon their honeymoon footage back from the developers and so you know she she kind of like you know she walks in in this dress and he's just like what are you wearing what have you done to yourself yeah, like, and, what? like what? and he you know and he he says you know the dress like it doesn't suit her and then he's like what did you do to your hair and and then he notices like
1: the, di- the, put, the the put face that she makes.
0: He notices the face that she makes and he very quickly recants. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm being an idiot. Like, you look very lovely. I mean, it's, it's nice to have a change sometimes. Yeah, he's trying and, to save it. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he, he turns on, you know, the, the, the honeymoon reel. And they both, like, they're both just so happy. You know, they're reminiscing about, you know, these, these places that they were. And
1: they look so much happier than they look at Manderley
0: yes they absolutely and she's do
1: herself like mm-hmm. you can see how, like we as the audience she doesn't see it mm-hmm. but we as the audience can see how enamored max is with her and mm-hmm. how much like he just loves her the way she was like mm-hmm. he likes that naive little schoolgirl that's not dressed up in schoolgirl's the wrong word but you know what i mean yeah but that's not dressed up like a fashionista and she's not a fashion plate mm-hmm. she's she's just this modest humble kind young woman and and they have this like genuine like laughter with each other and and stuff Mm -hmm. it's so good
0: but then the um he the real messes up he threaded it wrong and so you know they turn the lights back on and and frith comes in and and he lets max know about some squabbles amongst the staff because mrs danvers has upset robert (laughs) yeah upset robert the footman and um she's accused Robert of stealing an artifact from the house um and and it's it's the Cupid statue that that our protagonist broke like on one of her first days here and um and so basically you know the Max is just you know he tells Fred he's like well you know like let's sort it out like we can't afford you know for everybody to be unhappy and you know when you know, when he leaves, like, Max is telling, you know, he's telling our protagonist, he's like, I don't know why they're bringing this to me. He's like, this is the thing that you... This is that, technically your like, job. Like, this yeah. is technically a thing that you should take care of. And and she confesses to Max, you know, that she's the one who broke, you know, she, that she's the one who broke the trinket and... um
1: she felt stupid and telling she, Danvers, and she felt
0: stupid like telling Danvers. And then she asks, then she asks him. He's like, "What? Like, would you please? Would you please tell them?" He goes, "You're
1: going to feel a lot stupider when you have to tell them what you did." Yeah, exactly. And, and she's like, "But yeah," what? and and it, you know, she's like, "He, he doesn't, doesn't understand why she's so insecure." Yeah, she's the mistress of the house. Why should I she know. be insecure? And I'm, I feel her in this moment. Oh, I do like, too. Like it's like that time I didn't want to call some some particular person to take care of the house, and Josh was like, "Why?" it's just a phone call. Like, I don't understand. Like, what does it matter? Like, you don't, you don't. Yeah. The, um, but I love, you know, she, she's like, would, would you
0: please tell them for me? You know, instead of, instead of making me do it. And he just kind of laughs. And he's like, he's like, really? He's like, anybody would think that you're afraid of them. And she is. (laughs) She's terrified. (laughs) But then, you know, Danvers comes in and, and Max, he explains the situation to Danvers. And, um, and then she has to admit where she hid the piece. She has to admit it. And he laughs. He's and he like, does. He's like, and it's just like it's like, you know, try to salvage it if we can, but if not, oh well. You know? It is one of the house treasures. Why yeah. was it on the edge of a desk then? Yeah, but I know. Anyway. But but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like, you know, this is an old, like, a like stately manor house. Yeah. Sure, like there are things that have been here for centuries. Obviously, like but, there are plenty of valuable things, but at the same
1: time, I'm like like stuff just broken, yeah. Th- like there's no use crying over spilt milk. Like Danvers, though, is like, well, I will hope that next time Mrs. De Winter can see fit to inform me. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she's a heinous bitch about it. Yeah.
0: Um. But once she's gone, you know, our protagonist she she just apologizes to Max and. And he tells her, you know, it's like you, like you're behaving more like an upstairs maid than the mistress of the house, which <laughs> is fair. But you know, she she explains to him. She says it's because she's so uncomfortable with everybody looking at her like she's a prized cow, you know, in this new position that she's in. And he tells her, it's like, like you just have to understand, like life at Manor, like life at Manderley, it's the only thing that interests the locals. Like they're the local celebrities, you know. Yeah. It's like, they're the thing that people are going to gossip about. And, and, and she says, oh, well then that must be why you married me. Because, you know, you knew that, you know, because he's he knew just that. just
1: turned she, the reel back on. Yeah, he's just I turned
0: know. the reel back on. And, and she said that must be why he married her. Because he knew that she was dull and inexperienced. And there'd never be any gossip about her. And he, he warls like he like, just turns on her and like, it's like demands what she means. Like when she says gossip. And, and again, like in this scene, cause like you were saying, like he starts the reel back up again. And so he turns, yeah. the, he turns the light off. And so the only light in this scene is, is from the projector and the way that it plays through the scene is fucking magic. Yeah. He is I terrifying. absolutely love
1: it, but he, he is menacing um, in that light.
0: Yeah, he, he is, but, and it's, and again, like when it comes back on her, she, again, like, she just looks so, like, young and innocent in this moment, you know, but Max, eventually, like, he he kind of, he turns off the reel and he turns the light back on and he says, I wonder if I did a very selfish thing in marrying you. I'm not much of a companion to you, am I? You don't get much fun. You ought to have married a boy, someone your own age. And and he says that he knows that he's difficult to live with. And she assures him that he's not. And she says, but no, like, it's it's okay. Like, we're terribly happy. And he kind of turns away and, and he tells her like that she doesn't have to pretend that, you know, like that they aren't happy. And, and so she offers to go away and, you know, well, yeah, like she, she offers to go away and, um, and she's like, do, do you want me to go away? And he tells her, he's like, you know, how, how can I answer
1: you when I don't? know the answer myself because he doesn't even answer if they're happy or not yeah he doesn't and And she's like he's like i don't know i don't know what happiness is yeah and
0: that's 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 what he tells her he says like if you say we're happy let's leave it at that we're happy and he says you know happiness isn't something that i really know about and um and then we have another morning she she wakes up, like there's a note from Max saying that he and Crawley, like they've had to go to London for some business. And in this note, he states that, you know, this brief holiday
1: from him should be, should be welcome for her. Yeah, He'll be back this evening. He'll be back but, this evening, but yeah, but yeah have, you know, having off from each other might be good for her. Yeah. And she is devastated. She's so, she so correct. Cause Max just doesn't understand what her problem is. It's yeah. nothing. It's the, it, her problem is the Rebecca of it all, but also this she's in this position she doesn't know what she's doing and mrs danvers is certainly not going to be Mm -hmm. a good person to educate her on it i mean as we see later mrs danvers is there to sabotage everything Mm -hmm. and so like she's just so alone and she opens up more to crawley than she does to her husband because she thinks her husband is so in love with rebecca that Mm -hmm. that she can't fully explain it to him without Mm -hmm. disappointing him yeah and like there's just this it's this beautiful miscommunication (laughs) yeah that i don't hate because i get it Mm -hmm. like like it's not one of those like just shut up and tell him this is like no like you're both in positions where you have these he has this big secret obviously that Mm -hmm. he is terrified of getting out and she is terrified of disappointing this man and he's afraid he's dragged her into this life of horrible things Mm -hmm. so it's like like i just love that like that's one thing that that I really love in this movie is that the way the people work. And I said that yeah. suspicion, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a genuine love there. They just are both missing.
0: They have a fundamental misunderstanding yeah, of one another. It's,
1: it's just great.
0: Um, but we have, you know, while he's gone, like, she is just crying at, at his absence. And she goes, like, she goes to her window in the East Wing and she sees across the way she sees a window in the west wing closing and and so she kind of sneaks out of her room and um and she hides and while she's hiding she overhears danvers talking to a man and mr jack mr jack and they're like as they're you know, they're coming down the stairs and Danvers is trying to hurry him out before anyone knows he's there. Yeah. Before anyone knows that he's there. And, and he, he kind of laughs and says, you know, Oh, he feels like a poor relation sneaking, sneaking through the back doors. Um, and you know, but Danny or not Danny, like Danvers, he calls her Danny. Yeah. Um, she ushers, she ushers him out and, and our protagonist has been like, eavesdropping at the door the whole time and she turns around and jack favel he's at the window because he like came like he came around the side and saw like the open window and has scared the bejesus out of her um He's like, oh my. And, yeah. And and, and, and it's like, and he, yeah, he tells her, he says, he says, I heard, um, said I heard Max left his little bride alone and went off to London. Isn't he rather afraid someone might come down and carry you off?
1: Well, one of the things she overheard on the stairs too, because I love the line was, oh, we mustn't upset Cinderella, must we? Yeah. Which was what Jack said as he was coming down the stairs. Yeah. So yeah. So then she hears him say, oh, he's afraid someone's going to come carry them. Like she's, she's obviously immediately on like her her defensive yeah about as much as she can be
0: and i love like jack he just he just like steps through the window and mrs danvers comes in the room Uh, yeah and like comes into the room and and so our protagonist she doesn't really like know entirely like what's going on here but um decides to ask jack to stay for tea and the camera cuts to danvers and she just gives him this withering look and he's just like yeah you know what i think no um
1: think a bad idea <laughs> like maybe it's, it's very a, nice of you to offer
0: a, yeah very nice of you to offer but i i shall decline and as you know as this kind of interaction is coming to a close he asks the protagonist like maybe it's best if you don't tell max about this and and then you danny know,
1: and danny didn't tell you
0: yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it seems like Danny, you know, forgot to tell you, I'm Rebecca's favorite cousin.
1: Cousin in heavy uh-huh. <laughs> quotations. Um, favorite lover.
0: Yes. I was like, no, in, like, in the book, they're first cousins.
1: Yeah, but they're also, and they're also
0: lovers. Yeah. Um, Yuck. <laughs> but um, the, uh, so from here, we have, you know, our protagonist, she kind of very anxiously goes up to Rebecca's room. To look around, and she she kind of like she goes and she opens a window, and then like starts looking around, and Danvers just slinks in from the shadows. And the other
1: thing is, this room looks entirely different than the rest of the house. Yes, it is like white and cream and gauzy curtains, mm-hmm. and none of that is in the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is an entirely different world mm-hmm. to the rest of the house. Yes. But yeah, Danvers um, slinks in like she'd been there the whole it's time.
0: terrifying watching like that silhouette come through the curtains.
1: Oh my God. I will say there, like, because like, when we get to Psycho, but like the-, the, yes, the, the yes, silhouette is yes, reminiscent. yes, yes, like, yes, 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 yes. The Psycho silhouette is definitely reminiscent of Danvers here. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> like I had that um, moment
1: if she could pull out a knife right now and I would not be surprised. It, yeah. Because um, Danvers would definitely cut a bitch. Like- Oh no hesitation, but, um, yeah. but we, we see, creepy Danvers is being creepy.
0: Yeah, the um, you know, our the like our narrator? She she kind of, she she tries to you know lie her way out of the situation and say like, oh, I I I noticed that a window was left open, so I came in to close it. And Danvers like fully catches her out and says, no, I closed that window before I left. You're lying, and and then Danvers just kind of. She starts. She starts explaining that you know everything in this room has left just as it was the night Rebecca died.
1: But what she says is like, because it gets me. Like when she calls on the line, she goes, "You're probably curious to see it. I've wanted to show it to you ever since you arrived here.
0: Yeah, I've, I've every, just, every day. I've every waited. day I've been waiting for you to ask me yeah. to
1: show it to you. And I'm
0: like, you a creepy bitch. Mm-hmm. Like go away. <laughs> yeah. And so we, like Danvers, you know, she shows, she shows off Rebecca's clothes and you know and like here's you know all of her beautiful things and and then starts you know reminiscing about all of the times that she had with rebecca and you see our protagonist is just visibly uncomfortable she
1: even sits the protagonist down on rebecca's like vanity and mimics when she used to brush her hair and the the protagonist had touched a hairbrush Mm -hmm. and barely moved it and danvers knew Mm -hmm. and danvers was there that's better just like half an inch yeah moves it back and um, like she used to laugh about all of the things she did and love was a game to her and yeah like and then she takes her to the bed
0: yeah and she and at the bed she shows her this kind of this lingerie case that Completely she had see-through yeah yeah well oh, the case the, first, the, yeah. the case the case first it's um it's basically like Kind of it 's basically like a like an embroidered like pillowcase, yeah, and it 's just something that like you would put like your lingerie or whatever in and like put it on the bed, so like when you came in that night it 's there, yeah um and so and then she takes out the lingerie and is showing just how exquisite it is and, and how like sheer how sheer it is, and um it 's definitely something that the protagonist would not mm-hmm. wear yeah and and as you know as pointed out like Danvers embroidered this case for Rebecca um
1: and then and I keep it here every night yeah and she's being very creepy like that um everything then, in danver's voice is just a dream yeah in this scene. well then
0: she she just kind of goes off the deep end a little bit because then she starts telling the protagonist she says you wouldn't think she's been gone so long would you sometimes i walk along the corridor and i fancy i hear her just behind me that quick light step i couldn't mistake it anywhere it's not only in this room, it's in all the rooms in the house. I can almost hear it now. Do you think the dead come back and watch the living? Sometimes I wonder if she doesn't come back to Manderley and watch you and Mr. De Winter together. You look tired. Why don't you stay here a while and rest and listen to the sea? It's so soothing. Listen to it. Listen to the sea. And just
1: no it's it's too she, much it's too creepy she, our protagonist runs out yeah well she turns away because she had basically the protagonist already tried to leave once and she pinned her to the door basically like she she like literally closed the door so the protagonist couldn't leave and like was saying that last bit mm-hmm. and then she turns like the sea the sea and that's what i like this about. yeah, <laughs> and, and like we, opens the door and runs yeah and we we see
0: our protagonist like she's like crying in the morning room. And, and then she, she stiffens up a little bit. Mm -hmm. She gets a little bit of a spine
1: and, and she
0: uses the house phone so
1: much more mean than she is. Oh, me too.
0: Um, but she uses the house phone and she calls and asks for Danvers to come to her. And while she's waiting, she opens up the desk and pulls out all of Rebecca's stationery and like dumps everything onto the desk. And, and she just, she tells Danvers to get rid of Rebecca's things But these are Mrs. DeWinter's things. I am Mrs. DeWinter now.
1: And so... Yes, own it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whereas me, I'd be like, we're gutting that whole bedroom, like, next week. You need to be prepared. Like, it's happening. Baby steps. No. See, I wouldn't even, like... Yeah. But that's the difference. Like, I can't do baby steps. I have to jump in the deep end. Yeah. (laughs) So so I would either do that or I would fire Danvers. Like, one of those two things would have occurred. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a timid person, but there is a limit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. there's a moment i become my mother who is not a timid person no <laughs> like there is a timid
0: moment. is never an adjective that i would use <laughs> to describe your mother yeah, fair.
1: but um
0: so then she sends danvers off at about that time max comes home and our protagonist like she just she runs to greet him and like when she's jump- taking
1: the stuff out of the drawer she finds an invitation to a masquerade ball that at the it, house yeah it was it, it was it, what, jack's invitation
0: Yeah, it was basically what it it was. It was an invitation that had been sent to Jack and it was like to RSVP. He sent it back and said, you know, like, I'll be there with bells. on." But but
1: it is another like little ding moment in her brain of of this kind of thing. Also, it gives her the idea to have a ball. Yeah um
0: but yeah. she she runs and just excitedly greets max upon his return he's, and just he's excited to see he's so he's so excited to see her too and you know and that's when she tells him you know she wants to have a costume ball like they used to have at manderley and i don't think it mentions it in the movie but it's in the book I feel like this costume this yearly costume ball was something that rebecca initiated
1: oh i didn't know that part no. yeah um I forgot that part but then you know he in 20 years yeah <laughs> it's been probably about eight for me I since read it i read like it 15 16 so you know i didn't get all the nuances then anyway yeah. but um
0: but you know he he tells her he's like you know this is it's going to be a very big undertaking and you know there's a lot that she's going to have to do and a lot of people that she's going to have to deal with you know but she insists no you know that she can do it and like Danvers can help that him. you know that she's She's found her gumption, basically. Yeah. Well, he tells her Danvers can help her, and she's like, "No, I'm doing it. It's myself. It's like I will do it myself." Um, and, you know, and she, she's not and, tell him what
1: her costume is. She's gonna make it well. I, surprise. I love, I love
0: that you know she says something about you know the costumes, and he's and he says, "I don't know." Like, I never go in costume. It's a privilege of hosting the event. Um, but you know, but ask like what you know she'll go as, and and she's like, "Oh no 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 no!" Like, I'm gonna design it, and she's like, "It's going to be a complete surprise." and so then we we see a montage of her like drawing sketches I and like costume the one the designs armor. yeah i was like it's very kind of like a joan of arc well, kind also, of thing yeah she's
1: kind of rescuing her husband yeah. from his like you know sadness
0: yeah um and then um danvers comes into the room that she's in and she basically is like the idea is like the our protagonist. She's been in various other rooms of the house, like working on sketches, and it's just like discarded them, like, thrown them away, thrown yeah. them away. And Danvers has come in and is just like, uh Did you mean to throw these away? Like, kind of thing. But they've clearly been like crumpled up and taken out of garbage. It's like, what? No, they weren't. These weren't crumpled up. Like, they were just, it was they like she'd like
1: she smoothed out to me. But
0: no to me, it but. looked like she, like, the she just they had been ripped out of the book and like tossed yeah. into the trash to me they didn't look crumpled up because she wasn't doing that with the one she was currently True. working on True. um but it, the protagonist she explains to danvers what she's doing this, fatal fatal mistake this um, bitch i know um and so danvers suggests that she might take inspiration from some of the portraits in the hall and, and she points one out and, um, and says, you know, oh, well this one, it seems like it was specifically designed for you. Um.
1: And this is one of, you know, your, one of this the DeWinter ancestors. And- yep.
0: And one of, it's one of Max's favorite portraits and, you know, one of his ancestors is Caroline
1: DeWinter. I, oh man, the fact that she trusts Danvers on this hurts my heart. I know, but. I her, get it. Her distrust. Of her distrust of
0: Danvers is vastly outweighed by her love of Max and her oh, need yeah. to make him happy.
1: Yeah, and so she... And, and Danvers has not done anything this obviously sabotage Yeah. to this point. So she... But, yeah. but as viewers, even if you don't know what's coming, mm-hmm. you know... You're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. If, if Crazy Lady is suggesting this outfit, <laughs> I would not do it. Uh-huh. Like so we
0: have we get to the night of the ball and like- she
1: has a ladies' maid now yeah she does have a ladies maid, and now. that lady's maids obviously new so she doesn't know things about the house because any other servant in the house would have stopped this
0: <laughs> yes because the the servant like her lady's maid is saying something to the effect of you know oh i've always heard about you know the balls at
1: manderley's like and now i really get to see it and, and so- she's putting the finishing touches on yeah. it B even comes upstairs to offer to help and she's like no 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 I want to surprise everyone. And in that moment once again I'm like the first time I watched it I'm just like no no let her in. Let her in. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, B B offers to help and the protagonist insists she doesn't want anybody to see her and so B like goes back downstairs. And B is there
1: is like She's
0: in like I think she is kind of like a Joan of Arc yeah, kind of thing. Like she's
1: got these long blonde braids. Like it's it's almost an operatic
0: kind of yeah. Outfit. But like and yeah, her she's, she's in, in this man. yeah he's in
1: a strong man when outfit. That, when that thing bounces off the floor, oh my God. I laugh so hard! I was like, that's a dumb joke, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you have you have before the people um, arrive, you have Max and Crawley is there in his like cap and gown, from, yeah. from school. So they're all standing there, kind of admiring, and 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 the protagonist has done a good job Mm -hmm. at at this thing. Like she's, it looks beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's saying, it looks great, and they're really impressed. Like they they seem suitably impressed. And I'm like, this shows us as viewers, she can do Mm -hmm. this. She can. She's grown up a bit. She can absolutely do this, though. And
0: she comes down the stairs, like sneaking up behind them for her. Yeah, she comes down for her big reveal, and.
1: Just as people are going to start coming in the door, yeah,
0: and B is the first one to see her, and B sees her and gasps, oh, "Rebecca," and and that's when, like you know, Max and Giles kind of turn around to look, and Max, you see the fury on his face, and he just immediately orders his wife to go and take change. like go like go wear. yeah go take the dress off. Or I don't care what else. you change into, yeah, anything else. And she's visibly upset, and she goes... She dashes upstairs. She dashes upstairs, and as she gets to the top of the landing, she sees Danvers going into Rebecca's room. And, and she, she is actually a little pissed. She, Oh, yeah, she's mad, and she follows Danvers. And, and when she gets into the room, Danvers starts saying, I watched you go down, just as I watched her a year ago. Even in the same dress, you couldn't compare the protagonist says, you knew it. You knew she wore it and you deliberately suggested I wear it. Why do you hate me? What have I done that you should hate me so? You tried to take her place. You let him marry you. I've seen his face, his eyes. They're the same as those first weeks after she died. I used to listen to him walking up and down, up and down all night long, night after night, thinking of her suffering torture because he'd lost her. You thought you could be Mrs. DeWinter, live in her house, walk in her steps, take the things that were hers. But she's too strong for you. You can't fight her. No one ever got the better of her. Never. She was beaten in the end, but it wasn't a man, it wasn't a woman. It was the sea. And and so while Danvers is, is going on this whole monologue, we, like the protagonist just falls onto Rebecca's bed, just sobbing. And and Danvers goes and like opens the window, and it's like a floor length window, like it's mm-hmm. massive. And uh, and then she she beckons, she beckons the our our protagonist to it, and you know like starts kind of whispering in her She's ear. Like you need
1: some air to help you feel yeah. better.
0: And then starts whispering in her ear, you know, telling her to go, telling her to leave Manderley, and starts saying, you know, Max Max doesn't need her because he has his memories of rebecca you know he doesn't love the protagonist he wants to be alone with rebecca you've nothing to stay for you've nothing to live for really look down there it's easy isn't it why don't you
1: why don't you thankfully before because yeah like, well, girl like, is she's, leaning forward.
0: yeah and then she says you know go on go on
1: don't be afraid
0: and it's i love how like tight and close up and like claustrophobic this moment gets of of just the protagonist's face and like danvers and like in this window and and then that's when suddenly like a flare goes off and it explodes and like lights up the and night breaks
1: the spell that danvers has placed and it, it,
0: yeah it startles the protagonist out of this near suicide that yeah. was about to happen and danvers you know is ev- evil yeah and and so you know everybody in the house they they start scrambling you know down like to the water because there is a, yeah, the a party's ship forgotten the party's forgotten everybody like runs you know like max is telling crawley you know like call the coast guard and you know all this because there's a ship that has run aground in the bay yeah and and all so hands on deck to save people. all hands on deck and um And so then we see, you know, it's sometime kind of in the middle of the night. um, Our protagonist, you know, she's she's changed, and she goes down to the beach looking for Max. And she she kind of she first runs into Ben, the crazy man, yeah. And and he and he starts saying he's like, "You told me she wasn't coming back." And so she's like, "Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about." And then she runs into Crawley, and he explains what happened, and he tells her. There was a diver who was inspecting the bottom of the ship and they found the hull of Rebecca's sailboat beneath the water. And, and that's when our protagonist, she sees that there's a light on in the cottage nearby and goes in to find Max.
1: The Crawley is very worried about Max too. Crawley is very worried about
0: Max. And, and so the protagonist goes in and, and she goes up to Max and, you know, cause she, she thinks, okay, like this isn't a big deal. Like, we already found Rebecca's body. Like, the boat sank. She washed ashore, you know, two months later. And, like, okay. Like, we have this boat. We'll deal with it. Whatever. Her mind is still on, you know, this this fight. This thing that happened the night before. And and so, and she goes over to talk to Max and to ask if he's forgiven her. And he's, what? And she's like, last night, you know, the party, the dress. And he's like, I, I... Forgot. Oh yeah, I was angry, and he, and hes almost like catatonic. He's just in this kind of stupor, and and so our protagonist, you know, she she asks, you know, can we start over? And she says, you know, I I won't ask that you should love me. I won't ask impossible things. I'll be your friend, your companion. I'll I'll be happy with that, and, and he and he kind of realizes like what she's saying, and he takes her into his arms. And he, and he just, and he kind of just whispers, he's like, you love me very much, don't you? And, and then he, he presses, and it, it's just such like the lightest little of touches. And like, and I just appreciate Olivier so much in this scene. because mm-hmm. like, he's holding her and, and he says, you know, you love me very much, don't you? And he presses this little kiss to her cheek. And then he says, we've lost our, ch- we've lost our little chance to happiness. It's all over now. The things happened. The thing I've dreaded day after day, night after night. Rebecca has won. Her shadow has been between us all the time, keeping us from one another. She knew that this would happen. They sent a diver down. He found another boat. The diver made another discovery. He broke one of the ports and looked into the cabin. There was a body in there. And so because, you know, Max identified a body she thinks oh okay Rebecca was sailing with someone and we don't know who so we'll have to figure out who it is and but okay sure like we'll move on from that like right now like our marriage is the more pressing issue Yeah, we don't have
1: to lose our happiness over yeah it's like yeah so
0: she's just like okay fine like there are things that'll be sorted out no big deal she's focused on like saving their relationship in this moment um But then, you know, Max explains there was no one on the boat with Rebecca. He says, it's Rebecca's body lying there on the cabin floor. The woman that washed up at Edgecombe, that woman is now buried in the family crypt. That was not Rebecca. That was the body of some unknown woman, unclaimed, belonging nowhere. I identified it, but I knew it was not Rebecca. It was all a lie. I knew where Rebecca's body was, lying on that cabin floor on the bottom of the sea, because I put it there. And... She kind of now puts the pieces together and like, like kind of looks a little horrified and he turns and it's again, the delivery of this line. He says, will you look into my eyes and tell me now that you love me? And she kind of like walks away. She needs a second to (laughs) process. She like walks away. takes a second to compose herself. And, and Max says, he's like, you see, I was right. It's too late. And she just immediately, like, turns around and she just insists it's not too late because, you know, she loves him more than anything in the world. And then she wants to know, you know, like, why did you never tell me this before? And he says, he started to on several occasions. He's like, but she never seemed close enough. And meaning that that there was some sort of, like, emotional distance between them. Yeah. That he just never felt like he could open up to her. Yeah. And... And then this is where she tells him, she's like, how could I be close when I knew you were always thinking of Rebecca? How could I even ask you to love me when I knew you loved Rebecca still? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Whenever you touched me, I knew you were comparing me to Rebecca. Whenever you looked at me or spoke to me or walked with me in the garden, I knew you were thinking this I did with Rebecca and this and this. It's true, isn't it? And now we get the vehemence in the oh my line. god he's like you thought i
1: loved rebecca i hated her and he says it was such like intensity yes like, oh and then and, we get like a 10 minute oh my god basically. and i've
0: yeah sorry guys there's a lot here but it unpacks so much it tells the full story it yeah. tells it tells the story and so monologuing here and i mean olivier renowned shakespearean actor the, the man could work a monologue
1: the only way it breaks up is it shows her reactions yes a few times
0: but he tell he explains this he tells the story he says i was carried away by her enchanted by her as everyone was and when i was married i was told i was the luckiest man in the world she was so lovely so accomplished so amusing she's got the three things that matter in a wife everybody said Breeding, brains, and beauty, and I believed them completely, but I never had a moment's happiness. She was incapable of love or tenderness or decency. Do you remember the cliff where you first saw me in Monte Carlo? Do you? Rem- um, I went there with Rebecca on our honeymoon. That's where I found out about her. Four days after we were, after we were married, she stood there laughing, her black hair blowing in the wind, and told me all about herself everything things i'll never tell a living soul i wanted to kill her it would have been so easy remember the precipice i frightened you didn't i you thought i was mad perhaps i was perhaps i am mad it wouldn't make for sanity would it living with the devil i'll make a bargain with you she said You'd look rather foolish trying to divorce me now after four days of marriage, so I'll play the part of the devoted wife, mistress of your precious Manderly. I'll make the most famous place in the country, if you like, and people will say we're the luckiest, happiest couple in the country. What a grand joke it'll be. A triumph. I never should have accepted her bargain, but I was younger then, and tremendously conscious of the family honor. Family honor. She knew that I'd sacrifice everything rather than... Uh, rather than stand up in divorce court and give her away, admit our marriage was a rotten fraud. You despise me, don't you? As I despise myself. You can't understand what my feelings were, can you? Well, I kept the bargain, and so did she, apparently, but over time, she grew careless. She took a flat in London, and she'd stay away for days at a time. Then she started to bring her friends down here. She even started on poor Frank. Then there was a cousin of hers, favell and this is where the protagonist... She tells him, you know, Favelle came the day that Max was away in London, but she didn't say anything because she thought bringing it up would just remind Max of Rebecca. And he tells her that this cottage is where Rebecca and Jack used to meet. Um, and and he said that he warned Rebecca, like, if Jack ever comes around here again, that he would... He's he'd like, shoot him. I'd Yeah, that he'd shoot them both. And, and so then he he says that one night Rebecca came back late from London and quietly stole down to the cottage. And, um, and so Max thought, okay, she's going down there because, you know, Jack, he heard she was going to meet, he heard that she was going to meet Jack. And so he follows her down to the cottage and there he finds, you know, Rebecca was alone and that, you know, she looked kind of ill and queer. Um, and, and so then, um she tells him you know she basically like tells him that she's pregnant and that no one could ever prove that the child wasn't his and and so she would be giving him an heir for his precious manderley even though it wasn't his child um and so it's like then she laughed you know saying that she would be the perfect mother just as she had been a perfect wife and no one would ever be the wiser well, Max, what are you going to do about it aren't you going to kill me and then Max says that he went mad and he struck her um but then rebecca she continued like coming toward she advanced him she she, she advanced the whole time, laughing at him the whole time and kept advancing toward him and then he's just in like such a state in this moment. That Rebecca like she comes toward him but she falls and she falls kind of into another room and she hits her head on like some sailing equipment and like basically like n- hits her head on an anchor kind of thing and um never woke up and never woke up and and he just kind of stayed there stupefied for a little while but then. You know, then he took her body to the boat, he took the boat out to sea, and then intentionally scuttled it.
1: Put some holes in the bottom.
0: Put some holes in it, yeah.
1: Opened and, all the things that should that help prevent uh flooding. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh yeah, opened up the uh the seacocks, yeah. Um and you know, and then he max he tells the protagonist that, that the two of them, they're the only ones who know what actually happened. It's like, but you know people are going to figure it out and then he tells her he says i told you once i had done a very selfish thing in marrying you you can understand now what i meant i've loved you my darling i shall always love you but i've known all along rebecca would win in the end and the our protagonist you know she pulls him close and says you know rebecca no she hasn't she hasn't won and and then crawley calls on the phone in the cottage and and he says that a constable has come to um to talk to Max and see whether a mistake <laughs> could have been made when he identified <laughs> that other body. Yeah. And so then we see Max he's talking with you know this this uh this police chief uh Colonel Julian and so, yeah, yeah, Colonel Julian. Um and um and he's talking with him and like another kind of officer and and he admits you know that yeah that obviously like it was it was a mistake you know that he identified the wrong body and and so you know they they say okay well you know we're gonna have to have an inquest just like
1: last well, time and, and even before he went to that immediately uh the protagonist is already like, okay, you're going to tell him that you identified the wrong body. It's yeah. not a big deal. It's fine. They don't have to know anything. Mm-hmm. You identified the wrong body. That's it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, she's already willing to cover up everything for him. Oh, yeah. Like, with no hesitation. She's she's now kind of reached that, like, I'm a grown-up. I'm going to react and respond to this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fine. We are going to be together. Yep. Um,
0: And so, while... <laughs> so, basically, like, you know, okay, they're going to hold an inquest... And um, and then we see the protagonist, you know, she's at home and and Frith comes up and asks her, you know, if she would like the evening newspapers. And she's like, Ah, oh, no, thank you. Like, there's a lot in them that I don't really want to see. And please, like, let's do our best to keep them away from Mr. DeWinter. Like, because he doesn't need to see them either. And and Frith is just like, yes, you know, of course. And then Frith, you know, he he tells the protagonist, he's like, he's like, you know, the staff and myself, like we would be happy to speak at the inquest like if it would help the family um he's like but you know this this news it has really upset danvers um i thought it might yeah and um and so then you know the protagonist she goes in and 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 like she's talking to max about you know the inquest is going to be the next day and just kind of like asking him like please Please do not lose your temper. Like that would be really now, bad.
1: Now that she's aware he loves her and mm-hmm. only her. Oh yeah. It's it's this new sense of confidence. Like yes. she's not giving him up, but she also has no problem like taking her place now. Mm-hmm. Before she felt like she was replacing someone. Mm-hmm. And now she knows no, I'm taking the place that Max that's mine. wants yeah. me to have. Not just a replacement. Because Mrs. Van Hopper's words probably stuck with her for a long time too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like that, that now she knows she's got this sense of self Mm -hmm. and she's unafraid. And really the movie doesn't focus on her anymore Mm -hmm. because they don't need to. She's no no longer threatened by Rebecca. Yeah. The threat to her from Rebecca is over. The threat to her husband is just beginning. Yes, exactly. And I love that that
0: transition. I do too. Um, But the... um... You know, our protagonist, like she's she's she, sitting there she's yep. sitting there talking with Max and like she's insistent she's going to go with him to the inquest in London because there's absolutely no way like she can just stay in Cornwall by herself, like waiting on news. Um and and Max, I love, you know, he you know, he kind of he takes her into his arms and they're they're sitting there together and and he he says he has no regrets about anything that happened except for what all this has done to the protagonist and he says i've been thinking of nothing else since it's gone forever that funny young lost look that i loved it won't ever come back i killed that when i told you about rebecca it's gone in a few hours you've grown so much older um and then you know she holds him close and they they, they have still a, very much they, love yeah each other. they still very much love each other and like they hold each other close yeah. and they kiss and then
1: um then we get to the inquest and she tells him repeatedly do not lose your temper you will not lose your temper yeah no matter what they ask or what they say you you must control your temper yeah like <laughs> um but
0: we see at the inquest Ben is speaking and he just keeps repeating. He didn't say anything he like, like I didn't see anything. Please don't send me to the asylum. I didn't see anything. No, please, please do not send me to the asylum. And they're like, uh, yeah, okay. No he's useless. Gonna, like the, get him the out of here.
1: Running the inquest, by the way, yeah. is, is the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Errol Flynn. <laughs> like it, it yeah. completely like set me off for a mm-hmm. second. So why do I know? Oh, that's the sheriff of Nottingham. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, the girl from the, Robin Hood. um but then they bring up um they bring up the shipbuilder and and the shipbuilder he testifies that the drains in the ship had been opened deliberately to flood and sink the boat and then it looks like there were additional holes that were made deliberately from uh-huh. the inside and and so then the officials kind of confer with one another and they say that you know but it's Rebecca like suicide seems unlikely. And, and so Max is called up to testify
1: and starts losing his temper. And conveniently the protagonist faints at just the mm-hmm. right moment to prevent well, it's like, because from... the
0: Yeah. Because the, the officials like keep asking the same question. And again, like the camera framing, mm-hmm. it gets closer and closer on everyone's faces and it's so claustrophobic yep. in this moment and like because the official just keeps asking if things between between max and rebecca were perfectly happy and max finally like he starts to just kind of explode but he only gets a few words out <laughs> before our protagonist just and faints and
1: he immediately like his whole demeanor changes he's like darling darling yeah it's I like oh he's d- like my, my wife and
0: immediately just like runs over and he's like, I told you yeah to eat before we left the house and yeah. Like he's always trying to get her to eat. Yes, a lot I it. love like, it.
1: He's always, it's always like that, like, the, the like, you're too skinny. You need to eat something. Like, that, well, that in, like protector, caretaker. Well, in
0: the, yeah, in, in this, it's not so much like, you're too skinny. It's just like, when you're anxious, you don't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know... And he knows. Yeah, and then this happens. Yeah. Um, and so but, like,
1: but part of me did wonder if she did it on purpose. I
0: wondered too, but it's,
1: it's, it's never, never, it's never, it's never made up, clear, but I think she might have like, she, panicked. Okay. she full had panic in her eyes. Yeah, she did. And I, she went for it.
0: I, I don't know if it's that so much that she did it on purpose or if it is just fair. she, like, her body stressed out so much that it basically hit the reset
1: button. And that's fair, too. But it, it could have been, like, we don't know. I, it's never, like, we don't get have, much with yeah. like the protagonist after have, this. Yeah.
0: Having experienced those levels
1: of anxiety, I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah.
0: And like, so, it, it,
1: could, it could very well have been. So Max, but, like, takes her to the car to eat lunch. Yeah, and so they're... And they they, like, are parks kind of in, like, a... a more secluded like yeah area they because the yeah the the
0: inquest is like we're adjourning until until after lunch and so he he takes her back to the car she still doesn't eat by the way yeah i know
1: she Um, has some some booze
0: yeah because naturally like you know brandy is a restorative cure don't you know yeah um and you know he because you know they they have a packed lunch from frith yeah in the car um and and, and while to, yeah, yeah max you know he he pours her a little bit of brandy and and then tells her he's like you know please like eat something you know take care of yourself and he starts to go back he's like, i'll be right back yeah and
1: he, he starts to leave and that's when he's looking for crawley
0: yeah he's looking for crawley and and that's when jack Favelle approaches from the other window and and you know he and he's he's insisting to well, actually, it's just because Max does kind of step away. Yeah, that's what saying. He yeah, goes, yeah. He goes he's steps away, like, yeah. looking for Crawley. And, and so, he's, Favelle comes up and he's, you know, leaning in from the other window and he's, you know, insisting to our protagonist, you know, like, despite what Max thinks, I'm not the big bad wolf. Um, but then, you know, Max returns, sees Jack there and, like, tries to run him off. Well,
1: because once again, Jack is trying to put the moves mm-hmm. just because that's how he functions. Mm hmm. He, just, he is absolutely flirting with the next Mrs. De Winter. Yeah, just the smarm. He yeah. can't
0: help it. Yeah, and um, but you know, he tries to to shoo Jack away, and he just
1: fuck like just straight up like sits oh, thanks. down. Thanks, lunch. Yeah, I, I was so hungry. Yeah, thanks.
0: like sits, sits down, and joins him. and and so then. Jack starts saying you know it's like based on the way like things are going that you know it's like he expects that like at some point you know during the day like at this inquest that someone will be uh, inferring foul play and and he presents you know he says that he has a letter from Rebecca like conveniently like she remembered to date it and it's dated the day that she died and he insists based on the contents of the letter this was not a woman who was intending to kill herself that night and and he kind of makes some roundabout hints at blackmailing Max, um, and so Max is like, okay, like this is not a place to have this conversation. Let's step over to a nearby inn, a private room. Yeah, let's step over to a private room in a nearby inn. And
1: he leaves his wife with Frank Crawley. Yeah, with the with the go find the constable. Yeah, yeah go go find Colonel Julian. I love and,
0: it. I, I love that. Like, yeah, I yeah. do too. And so 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 they they go over to the inn. And and then immediately before anything can happen, Crawley, the police chief and um and Mrs. DeWinter, they all come they all come storming in. Yeah. And um and so Jack, you know, he presents this letter to the
1: police chief. And well it comes out that yeah, like the that. It, yeah, chief he was warns Crawley against blackmail. It warns Jack. Or not Crawley, sorry, warns Jack against against black- blackmail. blackmail. Cause yeah, he he knows him. He knows the type. Well, and but the fact is, Max had never had any intention of giving this fool money. No, not absolutely happening. not. And I, um, I appreciate, like, I love
0: that little touch. Like, I think yeah, it's so good. oh, I do too. Uh, but the police chief, he reads, he reads the letter out loud, and the letter said, "Jack, darling, I've just seen the doctor, and I'm going down to Manderley right away. I shall be at the cottage all this evening, and she'll leave the door open for you. I have something terribly important to tell you, Rebecca." And so Jack is insisting you know, that, um, that, you know, that as he's like, this is something that Rebecca would have done. And like, even if she was going to commit suicide, that the method of chiseling holes in a boat, um, is just a ridiculous way of going about it. Um, and then, you know, he tells the chief that, um, you know, like the this whole, like this whole setup, you know, like everything that's going on, like surely this implies murder. And then, starts stating in a not so roundabout way that, well, you know, like Max is a very old fashioned man and would do anything to protect the family honor. And um,
1: Rebecca was carrying a child that wasn't his. Yeah. And, so he basically outs the fact that he and Rebecca were were sleeping together. Oh yeah.
0: And uh and so like the chief again like he once once again like warns Jack about blackmail. Um, but Jack starts saying he's like he's like he's like okay he's like no it's like that that you know that that old man Ben, like he was always around he was always like looking in the cottage like I guarantee like he saw something just like the guy that you had talking to him like he was just too much of a snob to like really get down and like ask him like questions and he says because he didn't want to talk because Rebecca once put the fear of the asylum into him for like you know for looking at the windows and um. And so, you know, then Crawley, you know, he Crawley speaks up on Max's behalf. And, and when he does, Jack kind of snidely remarks, you know, oh, that Crawley, you know, he didn't have much success with Rebecca, but insinuates that, you know, maybe Crawley will fare better with the new Mrs. DeWinter once Max has been sent down.
1: And, and and saying some implication of Mrs. DeWinter. Yes. That's Max is done yeah you done crossed the well line. then you
0: done crossed the line yeah
1: and, and uh
0: him. and then jack he brings in danvers to offer up motive for why max uh would have wanted to kill rebecca and and so he asks danvers he says you know who was who was rebecca's doctor and she says oh well she always saw dr so-and-so down in In Cornwall. And he's like, okay, come on. We both know Come
1: on, Danny. We we know that she saw a different doctor. We know
0: that she had a London doctor. Even before she married Even before she married Max. And in Danvers, she does eventually, you know, give up the name of the doctor. Especially
1: when it's implied to her that her mistress might have been murdered.
0: Yes. She she gives up the name and then you know Jack he says you know obviously you know Rebecca went to him because she was going to have a child and Danvers is kind of shaken because she's like no that have told th- that can't be true she would have told me and and so then things kind of they're like okay like we have some actionable intel here
1: we'll put off the inquest we're gonna go put off the inquest
0: we're gonna look into this and so max he sends the protagonist home like he puts her in a car and sends her back to manderley mm-hmm. saying you know like i'll stay the night here whatever i'll i'll come back you know i'll come i'll be back tomorrow
1: morning this is a this part you're done like you yeah i, He's I like, appreciate we, you were here but you can't keep going you yes you can't do that like and so and so jack crawley the colonel and Max go to talk yeah. to this doctor. They
0: they go to talk to this doctor, Doctor Baker, and played by Leo G. Carroll. Mm-hmm. We talked about in *Strangers on a Train*. Yep. Um, he was also very briefly in, suspic- in suspicion. Uh-huh. Um, I just I love him a lot. <laughs> um, but so they go to see the doctor, and um, and you found and we find out that you know they ask him to check his diary, and and because he. He's like, I don't remember. I never been- saw him. Like, I never I saw I'd Mrs. De Winter. Like, name. I I would remember that. And so he goes through his diary and finds out like the appointments that he had that day. There was one for a Mrs. Danvers. And
1: he's known her for a number and, of years. And he's, so this and is he's yes,
0: he's known her for quite a while. And and Jack is like, oh, you know, she came to you because like she was going to have a child. Obviously, like that's why she came. And he says, well, initially, yes, like because that's what she thought. But you know, the doctor then explains that Rebecca was very ill that you know that she wasn't pregnant and um and then you know he like ran some tests and like had her come back and it confirmed a diagnosis of very advanced very inoperable cancer and saying that she would have died very quickly you know within 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 a matter of months And then the doctor says, she said something that struck me as very peculiar at the time.
1: Because they're specifically asking him, was there anything that she said that would lead you to believe suicide
0: was a possibility? Yes, yes is yes. Um, And the the doctor says, um, she said something that struck me as very peculiar at the time. When I told her it was only a matter of months, she said,
1: oh no, doctor, not that long. Jack is like actually a little messed up for a moment. Yeah. Like he turns around and just like facing away from the camera and just like head on the like the mantle yeah like because he can't believe rebecca didn't tell him this yeah
0: well and the thing is is about that letter yeah that saying that she
1: would be in the cottage all night
0: and like going to wait for him he didn't get it until the next day yeah because he he was at a party so he didn't get it until the next day and so now that like they've had this conversation with his doctor and so they have this news the chief pretty much decides, like, okay, so then this, off, like, this makes it clear. This is it, why she would do it. This, for this sure. is
1: why this is why that she did it, and, and so it also makes some things clear for Max. Yeah, and it, yeah, she absolutely was trying to get him. She like it, like she was trying to goad him into murdering, so her. that and it, the movie doesn't doesn't say what what you like. She wanted to go fast. I always took from it she wanted him to suffer. Yes, exactly. Forever. Yes, like. He would never be rid of the guilt of murdering her yes, exactly. and an unborn child. Mm-hmm. That would always be something that would weigh his conscience mm-hmm. down. And that's what she wanted. Exactly. It was a two birds,
0: one stone sort of situation.
1: Because yeah, she was awful. Yes.
0: Of <laughs> she did not want a lingering death. It's yep. like she wanted to go quickly. And so she was going to manipulate him into killing her. So yep. therefore he would
1: suffer for what he did. So and... also was kind of setting up Jack to die. Cause if he'd actually showed up down there and then Max had shot them both. Kind of. I didn't think about that till just this moment. Yeah, but anyway. unless unless she knew that Jack that, he wouldn't that get the Jack letter. yeah unless That's she knew that Jack too. had a party.
0: That's um, possible too.
1: But yeah, but so the, yeah. Then they we see out, yeah.
0: yeah they're coming out of out of this uh, out of this doctor's office and um and Max um. You know, Max is kind of talking to Crawley, and you know, and he says, you know, he he figured out what happened. You know that Rebecca lied about the child because she knew it would send Max into a rage, and then therefore, you know,
1: well, because at would... first Max was like, well, you don't, you don't know. There's some things you don't know, and Crawley's, Crawley's like, just like, no, yes, I, I know, do. I know. And and he has, if you go back and like pay attention the whole time, he everything he has done has been about protecting Max mm-hmm. from what he did.
0: Yeah, and and so you know, he um, so he says that you know, Rebecca lied about the child because she knew it would send Max into a rage and that he'd kill her. And then, and then we see Jack, he calls Danvers. Well, but Max
1: also does to make sure Crawley knows I didn't kill her. Yeah. Like they have this conversation of, I didn't kill her. She did it on purpose and she wanted me to, and I might've, but yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Like, yeah. The key word is I didn't. Yeah. What I might have done does not matter. But yeah. Then Jack yeah. calls Danvers and, and like
0: tells her that you know Rebecca had cancer and she pulled based, all over both of based, us. Yeah. Based based on the evidence that she seemingly like did kill herself after all.
1: Danvers is destroyed.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like we don't see it. Yeah. We we only see Jack's side of the conversation of him telling Danvers and and then we see Anybody rather car sorry yeah rather than rather than staying the night in London and heading back the next morning max is determined like no we're going back tonight
1: because he called and she, and his wife's going to wait up for her until he gets home yeah. so okay fine then yeah. we're going to so go so he's home. he's going to go home
0: and but they start driving back to they start driving back to cornwall and max comments of like oh, why why can't this damn thing go any faster because like he isn't determin- like he is trying like with speed to get back to Manjali because he just has this, he can't shake this feeling that something is wrong. Yeah. And, and he's, he's trying to get back. And, and then we see, I, again, like, I love this shot because again, it kind of mirrors the beginning, like the opening of the movie where, you know, the, we have the narrator explaining her dream where, you know, thinking that, you know, a light has come on in this empty house and so then we see in this house and it is completely dark except for a candlelight moving from one window the to the Danvers. next and we come it comes into the it comes into the house and that's where we see Danvers walking through the house it's completely dark except for this single candle that she is holding against the darkness and we see her go into like one of the studies or the morning room or something and the protagonist is asleep in a chair next to a fire. And you, we see her kind of watch the protagonist for a moment. Because
1: one of the things Jack said, and I think this might be what set Danvers off, is those two are going to get to have their happy ending and be happy yeah. and in love. And, and there's nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, they get they get to be happy now. Yeah. And Danvers...
0: Yeah. Th- ...then does well, this. Well, <laughs>
1: she... So, like, but we just... It, like, that's
0: that's all we see at that moment, and it cuts back to Max and Crawley, and they're driving, you know, they're still driving through the night, and they're getting closer, and that's when Max kind of stops the car for a second, and he asks, he asks Crawley, like, what time it is, and Crawley says, well, it's between, like, three and four o'clock in the morning, and so that's when Max knows that the lights that he sees on, like, the light that he sees on the horizon, it's not the sunrise because it's still way too early for that, that it must be that Manderley is ablaze. And they
1: see the smoke come up. They start to see the smoke. He he hits the gas.
0: And they drive up that winding driveway. And as he, like he pulls, he pulls up, he stops the car and like the house is just
1: completely on fire. I do like that. The servants have gotten as much stuff out of the house as they can. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: And, and so you know, he's kind like, he's kind of like going up and like, he's obviously like, he's kind of checking on people, but he's desperately like looking for his wife. And then, you know, she sees him and they run to each other and she like, they rush into each other's arms and like, and he just, he kisses her and just immediately starts asking if she's okay. And that's when, you know, she tells him, she's you know, like, Danvers, like, she's gone mad. She said she'd rather destroy Manderley than see us happy here. And then we see, we go back into this now burning house and we see Danvers through the flames. Like we see her through the window and she is in Rebecca's room and she is like, they, um, we see her like look up. And And she kind of looks
1: happy for a second. She looks, yeah,
0: she looks completely undaunted, unfazed. Like she looks up and just, we see like these, like, flaming beams just like come um, crashing down yeah and then and then the next thing we see is like the camera pans and we see flames starting to alight on the bed and uh, the flames like start creeping closer to that embroidered lingerie case with the r and
1: that's the last shot of and the that's film. that's
0: the last shot of the movie and i just and i re- i just remembered that um the other thing is is that in the in the novel uh the protagonist stayed in london like for the entirety of the inquest and um it's her and max who are driving who are driving back to manderley Mm. and they pull up in the car just and like they see it together and like that's that's where the novel ends it's also another
1: gothic yes the house burns down Yes. yes yes
0: yes that too um but like i said it's that's where it ends it's, it's the two of them in the car like yeah. she in the movie he sends her home in the book they're together yeah when they pull up and and manderley is on fire um but i yeah i really enjoyed this movie so, so much beautiful. and i i realized i'm like i need to incorporate more Laurence Olivier into my <laughs> collection Cause it's you know he's one of those grand actors that like yeah. everybody talks about and yeah. you know he did so many amazing things it's like yes true but mainly the stuff that I had seen of him was like his Shakespeare stuff yeah it's like it's good it's fine uh, he's not but he wasn't like reinventing the wheel either yeah, no. I'm like you know there are many interpretations of Shakespeare yeah so it's you know I was like it's it's good it's yeah. just it's just very traditional Shakespeare. Yeah. Um but man, yeah, I i thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this movie. I mean, and, and this is a happy ish ending. Happy ish, yeah. In
1: that do do you think the couple can actually move on and be happy together? Well, okay, here's the thing.
0: There were three follow up novels that were written by other authors. This is long after Daphne DeMarier's death, and these were authors that were approved and like novels that were approved by the demerrier estate, um, I've read one of them. It's called Mrs. DeWinter, and it was written by Susan Hill, who is the author of one of my favorite stories, The Woman in Black, mm-hmm. which another Gothic tale about yes. a haunted house. Um, this is a man, however, is the protagonist, yeah. and as much as I do. I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie with Daniel Radcliffe. However, they fucked up the ending and that pisses me off. Yep. Um the book ending is so much better. Anyway. Um <laughs> we talked about it. you and I've talked about that. Yes, we've talked about it a lot. Um but I I did read that one because it it wasn't it was a, it was about the time that I moved over here, so it would have been about 7 8 years ago. Yeah. They did this. It's like I just I started kind of like going through like the books that I had at home and I just started like rereading some stuff and, and it was like, I, while I read, um, like I reread, I reread Rebecca and then I was like, Oh, okay. Daphne Maurier. She also wrote like Jamaica Inn and mm-hmm. the birds and some other stuff. And when I went to the library to look for some of those other things, they were checked out. But by the search that I did, it brought up, mrs de winter and i was like wait okay mrs de winter written by susan okay i have to see this so i checked it out i did read the book and it's about it's about you know our protagonist and max they've been living abroad for quite a while because like fuck england like we just no it's not for us yeah but they do they do eventually come back to England, and that's where that's that, that's where Mrs. De Winter is set. Um, I don't really remember much about what happens because it was one of those things of like I just sat down and kind of read it in an afternoon, yeah. And so I just kind of binge read it, and so I didn't absorb a ton of the book. Yeah, I remember enjoying it, but I think of the three novels that were written as like pseudo sequels it's the one that's the most banned people don't like hers as much, but now that I realize there are two others, I'm like, well now I got to find
1: those. <laughs> but do um, you think they could have been happy? I think they could have. Oh, could've. absolutely. Yeah. If, I think, if, I think they could have. Yeah. If Max could let go of Rebecca, I think mm-hmm. that they could be fine. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it's interesting. It's it's Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you rate it? Uh, four and a half out of five. Just four and half. a little long. Yeah.
0: Just like this podcast. A little long, well, yeah, and as as we have stated before, our podcast episodes are lengthier when they are either based on another existing work or we really like it, and
1: it's both. It's both. So
0: (laughs) apologies for the intense
1: length of this episode, but But, but, yeah, it was necessary to really discuss what it was because and it's and so much of this is done through visual media Mm -hmm. too. Like we didn't even talk about like some of the use of shadows in. In just the stuff seriously danvers is like danvers
0: slinking out of the shadows both like when she creeps up on the protagonist and then when the house is burning yeah it's so fucking good it is like the scariest thing yeah. ever like it's terrifying so but what do you rate it i said four out of five. Four of five five two oh, yeah okay, i four out of five with you um yeah. it's it's such a good movie and like mm-hmm
1: it's just so good like it's i hard to, uh. i
0: love it so much anyway do you have anything else to add darling oh
1: uh, no i think that's it
0: okay i think that we'll get it for this episode of Couch buddies as always we thank you so very much for listening and we'll catch you next time bye. bye if you enjoyed this episode of couch buddies why not leave us a rating and review over on itunes and while you're at it don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.